What's going on, everybody? Colby here. Real quick before we get in the episode, I just wanted to address two things. Um, one, yes, the length of this episode is as presented. It is over four hours. So if that is not your thing, if this is not, if Zelda is not your game, um, I apologize in advance, but this is a game that's very important um, to me and Tyler, not just for the show, but in our lives in general. We look forward to playing this. We have a lot of fun talking about it. So if that's anything that you're interested in, we do have a lot of fun in this episode. So please stick around if you do enjoy that. And two, uh, towards the end of the show, at the four-hour mark, when you got tired and sleepy, we uh, got a little sentimental and I wouldn't say somber, but appreciative just for the journey that this podcast has been through. So we took the time to thank um, listeners and the people in the community, but that's at the four-hour mark, so people probably aren't going to listen all the way through. So in my editing genius, if you will, I decided to put that portion up at the front. So the at what, where the episode actually starts is in the timestamps below. It's going to open here with us you know, being appreciative and thankful for all the years and people we've met along the way and the people who listen to the podcast. So uh, stick around if you want to listen to that part of it. And then the episode will play shortly after, but if not, the timestamps below will give you everything you need as far as a guide to listen to this episode. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening and hope you enjoy it. This podcast is awesome. And if you guys think the podcast is awesome, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple podcast. The best way uh, to support us by giving us uh, feedback that we can use to c- cater this uh, this show to to your guys' wants and desires. Uh, all of our links to the socials that are still active will be in the description of the episode. And uh, honestly, kind of off topic, but I'd, I I mean, I feel like we, we do this thank you every time, but uh, thank you to all of our peers in the indie podcasting scene. Uh, Like this game, this game or the speculation of this game started this podcast, but truly you guys are the reason that we stayed and that we continued that we, that this isn't a drag that this is like, it's an incredible experience. And of course, thank you to all the listeners. Like you guys are great. The numbers still baffle me to this day that there there's even a single even two or three people that listen my that my boss hi again hi again guys uh i'll be in i'll be in working at tomorrow uh it, it's it's baffling that anyone listens to the podcast in my mind but it it makes me think that you know maybe maybe we're on it maybe we do maybe we are a little entertaining maybe we can maybe maybe, maybe after all these years we're finally on to something yeah maybe but I don't know. That's just the icing on the cake, though, you know, because yeah, I, I, I got to I got to come on here with you and, you know, stay connected to my best friend since birth, even though we're states and states away from each other. And people yeah. come in and listen. And that's just the icing on the cake. It's great. Like, you know, I, I thought that I thought that views might make I thought that views and listens might make things easier, but it's just icing. And I'm after the cake, which is. Doing the show. <laughs> what a call, what a fucking callback, Jesus! I, I, it's just yeah, the the cake is the icing is you know the listens and the all the retweets and engagement, which you know icing's still sweet, but I mean the cake is doing it with you and being in the community and talking about these games that we can talk about for as we prove fucking hours, yeah, upon hours, um. Yeah, I mean, we don't get to do the show often as much anymore, which is, you know, just the unfortunate circumstances of life. But when we are here, uh, we do our best to make it an entertaining and enjoyable listening experience. So if you're still here at the four hour and two minute mark, um, you, you probably think that, which 
we're very appreciative of and thank you and um it'd been it'd been up in the air for a while but we're not going to, we're not going away um if we put out three episodes a year we put out three episodes a year but god damn it we're gonna keep doing it we're gonna keep doing is this our longest episode by the way fuck yeah not <laughs> even close <laughs> we had three and a half one time yeah last episode <laughs> <laughs> true true well we're just we're just breaking records well i think that's about I think it then i think it's i gotta go to bed yeah we we gotta we gotta get some shut eye oh man i didn't even i didn't even tell the people about the crazy ass fucking dream i had about this game last night that's for another day um uh, but yeah thank you guys so much for for listening in thank you to all of our peers for supporting us going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the switch it up podcast season four episode 17 my name is tyler joined as always by my co-host colby colby how are you doing today uh, the better question is and we both know this is that how we're going to be doing in however long this episode <laughs> is because you're, the timestamp you're looking at it is correct you are not hallucinating or whatnot the time remaining on this episode assuming there's a four in front of a colon and then multiple minutes and seconds <laughs> after uh that is right so i think um we can come back to that question when we're done with this absolute sure, gig, sure. chat of an episode i mean to be fair we, do, we don't know that we're gonna go for four hours but the people back home think that it's gonna be a four-hour episode the, the the people in the in the polls on on the social media do think that it's going to be four hours. So I guess we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, I, I know there's some over unders riding on this. A lot so. of money on the line. A lot of Part money on the line. What? So three hours and ten minutes. So I, I'm willing. If I was a betting man, I think we're going over that today. But again, that's just me. Um, we're not gonna we're gonna make an effort to get out here as quick as we can. But you guys know what that means. Yeah, I was about to say that that doesn't mean a whole lot in this neck of the woods. So, uh, but you know, let, let's let's make this really feel like a part two. Let, let's not spend too much time dilly dallying before hopping in the content this time. No, this is this is the game. This is one of the two games that started this show. Let's we're gonna do it justice, baby, and we're just gonna hop straight to it. So last we left off on the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, we had just finished. Well, first of all, we, we fired up the game. Uh, Mummified Ganondorf ruined everything. <laughs> Zelda fell and dissolved, seemingly, into an unknown location. Link goes to the Sky Islands. Uh, the title card hit, which was awesome. Uh, we saw some shrines. We went back to Hyrule. We met Best Girl. And then we went to the four regions in search of Princess Zelda because there were, there were some connections going on between the Zora, Rito, Gerudo, and Gorons. And we freed, we, we freed them and alleviated them of their issues, but still no sign of Princess Zelda. And, um, and then, and then, we got back to Lookout Landing, looked through a telescope under a blood moon at Hyrule Castle. Was Princess Zelda calling to us to come and come towards her, come find her, come save her? 
And that's what we are about to do. Does that about cover it? Uh, that about covers it. Uh, remind me before we start, did we talk? Because I know that we're not being super tight-lipped about the certain twists in the story. Did we talk about Zelda's whereabouts at all in the last part? I cannot remember. I think we we deciphered and we had the conversation about like Link should know that this isn't actually Zelda, but her actual location right now is all we know is that's in the past with with Yes, Kirk that's right, because Rose. we already saw that at the very beginning of the game with the Master Sword. We thing. know she's okay. in the past, we don't know what she's up to, and Got it. for all intents and purposes, we know that whatever Zelda we're chasing is not ours. So Got it. that's Just, where we're at. Just wanted to make that clear because that's going to come in. Uh, it's going to come back in a big way in this episode. So, Perfect. thank you, my friend. So, of course, yeah. Uh, after we look through Pierce's telescope and the you know shortest blood moon of all time graces us with its presence, it had to have been had to have been midnight on dot. J- just, just good old Ganondorf. Just like man, I could really use for some cinematography here. Here, watch this. Uh, really, just a. Uh, just a, just a slut for the screen, that Ganondorf. But uh, yes, of course, as we uh, as we see this, the the quest Crisis at Hyrule Castle comes across the screen. We are now tasked with infiltrating the floating bulwark, the floating fortress at the center of Hyrule Kingdom. Trying to find what is going on with this Zelda, where she is, why she's calling to us, why she's acting so weird. Very endgamey, even though we both probably knew this wasn't going to be the endgame. Very endgamey stuff. I I, I wasn't sure. I was like, is this like, are we are we doing are we doing this? Are we going? Are we going right now? Uh, But because when you first you, you think he's in Hyrule Castle. Yeah. And then it, he's just, you know, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. But, uh, yes, you, I, I went by way of the Skyview Tower in Lookout Landing, shot myself into the sky, and just paraglided over into Hyrule Castle. The minutes that your little Hylian feet touch the, the the decaying brickwork of the the castle, you are stopped and you hear Zelda's voice crying out. And she opens your map, which you get a dungeon map for Hyrule Castle, very similar to the uh, four other dungeons of the game that we've already gone through. And she marks a spot on the map. She says, here I am. She just, I was like, oh, that, that was pretty easy. Uh, I believe the first room is sort of like a side line. It, it was it was like the lounge almost. It was where you always found that royal royal guard bow in the fireplace. Yes, that is that Zelda's. That's like close to Zelda's study, is it not? Or not Zelda's uh, study, but her room. I believe it's close to her room. Yes, because the first thing I did when I got there was look for the diary, but it wasn't. There. It was not there. But uh, yes, you 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 follow this voice. You go towards the marked point on the map. And you get in, you see her standing there. You see Zelda decked out in her ancient garb, standing there, her face in a somber expression. 
And as you draw close, she disappears in a puff of gloom smoke and a whole bunch of fucking bokoblins spawn and ambush you. Uh, yeah, obviously doesn't take much to know this is obviously a trap. Uh, Ganondorf is just leading you around on this wild goose chase, marking points on your map to just toying with you and then sicking, teleporting his minions in to try and take Link out. But this is Link, of course, and we are by this point decked out in gear and armor and have no trouble taking out uh, this first batch of goblins. And for the next few rooms, this is sort of how it goes. This is like a five or six step process. This is just like a carrot on a stick. Ganondorf leading Link around uh, just sort of for kicks. Like it truly is not like a reason for it at all. Uh, but, you know, you fight a Hinox in the Royal Library. That you was fight. cool because I went to the King study. Did you go to the King study by chance in the library? Uh, I don't think I went to the King study. No, there's nothing really in there, but I think there's like Royal Claymore and a Royal Shield. So shout out to yeah. Is, yeah, uh, sh- Hyrule Warriors. Shout yep, shout out Hyrule Warrior. Shout out King Rome, Boss Ramos Hyrule. Uh, Long for King. Up, I was about to say, in, in front of his grave on the uh, on the Great Plateau in this game is a Royal Claymore, so still fighting in the afterlife, I'm sure. But, uh, yes, you fight a Hinox, you fight uh, a bunch of like-likes, elemental like-likes in like a, a big, long hallway. And eventually when Gandorf gets bored of you just sacking his minions all over the walls of Hyrule uh, Castle. weapon durability. Yeah, he's like, all right, I've had enough. Uh, and Zelda beckons you to come to where else but the Sanctum, the the beginning of the end of the last game. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, fuck, we might be doing this again. Like, this might be it. Like, I might be seeing credits by the end actually, of the night. I actually thought, like, the opening to the chasm was going to be through the Sanctum. That I'm would like, be pretty... I, I, was I was about like, to say, because... I was like, oh, we're back here. Like, this is where the last game ended. This is the big, you know, big moment. We're going to fight, you know, seemingly decayed Ganondorf, and then maybe he gets his power, like, in a second phase or something. But, yeah, uh, we got to the Sanctum, and I didn't think it was the end game, but it felt very end gaming. Yeah, if, I mean, the music in Hyrule Castle was just bopping, oh. as usual, fucking amazing. And it, it felt like, all right, I'm walking up. I did this. This could, this could be fucking it. Uh, so you walk in... Uh, you see that the hole that you fell down last time is covered in rubble. So, you know, unfortunately, no no getting to see the observatory that you fought Calamity Ganon in before, uh, which kind of, you know, maybe maybe, maybe a DLC thing. That seems like a DLC thing that they could do. Maybe they, just make revisit. Break, they just make it breakable rock. You just fire Yonobo in there. Yeah, just, you just fire Yonobo or a bomb arrow and then It's like, oh, it was there the whole time. But, yeah, you walk in and... Truly a creepy, like truly, this is what Puppet Zelda could have been uh, the whole time. Yeah, I, I wish they did more of shit like this. But she talks to Link this in, in just a, this menacing tone, telling him like, "Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. That you finally made it." Uh, and she uses seemingly some sort of like divine power to make an illusion around Link to restore the sanctum to. It's pristine pre-calamity condition. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. Because that's the shot from the trailer. That is the shot from the trailer. Yeah, you see Link like looking around at the at the the rev- the revived sanctum. The, the, the revived the sanctum. Deal. Yes, where he was knighted as a champion, as we saw in Age of, uh, Age of Calamity. But she, you see, there's this great camera movement where the camera moves around Link, 
and Zelda is seemingly like te- like teleporting almost like in and out of frame, uh, and she's you know goading Link, saying, "Don't you remember all of the the, the memories you made in this place?" And she says to really take it all in because it's going to be the last thing that you ever see, and that is when we see the visage, the the apparition of decayed Ganondorf projected large, like a hologram what, uh, high above Link. Say, yeah. He's like, put a projector somewhere in the same. Yeah. Place. As he looks down and once again, taunts Link and insults the people of Hyrule as his puppet, this puppet Zelda uh, made it so easy for him to deceive everyone, which it's strictly, kinda, a, it, strictly a gameplay kinda, thing, strictly a gameplay thing. Like it, it kind of made me laugh more real than anything. Gamers, real gamers knew that wasn't Zelda. You're not slick. And not even to, to, truly casual gamers knew. Like, if you did fucking, like, Goron City first, you're like, this is... That's not, not Zelda. Her. No. <laughs> like, it's so obviously evil. It's like, that's not at all Zelda. But Ganondorf's like, ha-ha! <laughs> I, I so thoroughly deceived you. <laughs> it's like, all right, stop I am fucking... A genius. Stop fucking, you know getting off on your own petard, man, and let me just fight you. Uh, and to his credit, he's like, all right, time to get down to business. And, you know, Zelda, you know, raises her arms and, like, flops over like she's on Papa Strings, which is really cool. Yeah. And fades into a mist of malice. And that malice transforms once again into Phantom Ganon, Phantom Saboteur, uh, which is a mini-boss that you could have fought earlier in the game, truly. Yeah. Uh, you, whenever you fight Multiple the gloom times. hands, uh, if you actually do defeat the gloom hands that that show up every once in a while, you might have even fought it in Hyrule Castle, right there. Because if you go and try to find the Hylian Shield, uh, they are there to to screw your day up. But if you defeat them, then Phantom Ganon spawns, and you get to do battle with him. And if you beat Phantom Ganon, you get to get this cool gloom weaponry. So really, really powerful weaponry that. Uh, just sort of deteriorates your body when you use it though so you know high risk high reward but uh this phantom ganon i believe is exactly like those ones it just pops in and tries to fight you and then spears and swords are primarily their kit yep spears and swords uh are primarily what they use i believe this one might have the the full range of all four gloom weapons so at eight of them at one point yeah i was about to say the first i think the first one you just fight them one-on-one right pretty sure and then he's just and he's like oh well, or no 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 no. yeah no it, he i believe he does in the first phase summon copies but it's the second phase where one of them like becomes more like i guess opaque like more actually looks like ganon and then has like this continuous stream of gloom coming out from his feet that's yeah i think that's right that that threatens to overtake the entire sanctum if you don't <laughs> like deal damage it's been to a while it. since i've done this fight but yeah also, what's fun is is that the illusion of the restored sanctum stays up during this fight. It so does. You are, that... you are fighting Phantom Ganon in the restored sanctum of the past, essentially, which, you know, nice foreshadowing sort of sort of fits the theme of the game. Uh, but, yes, in the second phase, I believe they break out, at least in my in my fight, that was when they broke out the clubs, the, uh, yeah. the gloom club, and started beating my ass. Uh but Link eventually, of course... Did you die is, during this fight? 
I did not die during this fight. I did not die either. I was just I I was I was chugging food for a few for a few hits there, but I I was able to sun, crush and Sunderlion. As I was say, crushing Sunderlion food, crushing some some hearty hearty meals. Uh, rest in peace, Hardy Durian. Uh, yes. Yeah, but of course, Link, the hero of the wilds, is able to take down this Phantom Saboteur and his clones. But Ganondorf, of course, not even miffed in the slightest. Uh, taunts Link some more. Says, "You know, you're you're certainly stronger than than Raru had said." but not too much more. And the Phantom Ganon explodes into uh, four of those same gloom tendrils, the same ones that Link encountered at the beginning of the game and the same exact attack that, that took his arm. ripped his, arms to sh- his arm to shreds. And as he braces for the attack, all four tendrils are broken, defended against by one of each of the sages that you have gathered around Hyrule. But the uh, actual ones, the, the actual sages, the actual ones. These are not the uh, the avatars that you've been Some, that you've yeah. been rolling with. These are the actual physical characters come to aid Link in his fight against the Demon King. Nice foreshadowing for what's going to come later. Yes, but then the Demon King looks down upon uh, these four and grants them a vision. A vision of the world. I believe a vision of the world that he, uh, the eleventh memory. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he yeah. Shows them. He shows them the memory of what the world that he will create is, uh, and you see very the Demon similar. King's army is basically the, 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 the Demon King's thing. army. You see him decked out in his full Demon King attire, looking, uh, looking like he did in the. Uh, the, me- the the memories that you always got after each of the four phenomena were finished. Yeah. Uh, you know, right red tear. Red glowing hair, horns on his head, this weird magma-like gloom clothing around his body. Tear on his, tear in his forehead. Yep, tear in his forehead, and he creates legions of Hinoxes, Gibdos, and Lynels, and Bacoblins, all with a, with a red blood moon staining the background horizon. And you see him riding upon a demon horse, uh, spear in hand, riding forward uh, in front of this massive army. Uh, and I believe in the Japanese uh, translation, uh, he says that it's a world in which only power uh, matters, a, a world in which the, the ones at the top are the ones with the most strength. Uh, and combat ability. Kind of a nice ode to his, his Triforce. Yeah, a nice ode to his Triforce, a nice ode to his warrior Gerudo heritage. He's just a, a sadistic maniac who only values strength and, and nothing more. But he, he tells, again, very foreshadowing and very fitting, he tells the champions that they only delay the inevitable as he vanishes into as his apparition vanishes and the champions not the champions the sages are left in the once again destroyed sanctum and they're sort of looking at each other like well shit what do we do <laughs> like that's what the hell do we do against that because i think riju mentions like i was about to say our girl fucking riju is on it she's like yo he must not be at his full power yet because why wouldn't he just fin- be. why wouldn't he just finish this off now 
And but, so she's she's like, hope's not lost, gang. We gotta we gotta regroup. We gotta figure out where this where this dude is. Because that's the big thing right now. It's like, oh, he actually wasn't in the castle, so we don't know where he is. So they I decide. Like, I think Link knows where he is. Depending on the the way of events, Link will probably know where he is. But because of how the story goes, we're not allowed to say anything. But the sages say to meet up with them at Lookout Landing, and they'll discuss their next move. How? Okay, you're gonna need to help me with this next part because yeah, how do they find out there's a fifth sage? Do they so, find out? So truly, like, do they just guess. Truly, there. So they make it very obvious at the beginning. So we all meet up at Lookout Landing, and we we all have a meeting with Pura, and Pura's like, I'm not really sure how we figure out where to go from here. Uh, or sorry, the main question right now is not where is the Demon King. Right now, it's they don't think that we have enough power to stop him, even if we do find him. Uh, Which is true. But then they start to think, and they're like, wait a minute. They're, in in the text that we've been uncovering, there should be a, a, a fifth sage. Or rather, a sixth sage, because at this point, with the memories I think we get, we know that Zelda is the sage of time from that era. I think we find, I think it's implied she's the sage of time, like, just from those couple Oh, sorry, true. Just, just... Sorry, that's right. Just through the phenomenon, that's how you they figure that out. Put together, she's the sixth sage. She's the sage of time. So we're missing one, and you know, Link has sort of like a flashback, and and it focuses the camera on Minoru. Like, there's another sage. So the so Pura says to all the sages, like, "Hey, go back to your regions. Look for old ruins. Like, like if there's anything talking about the sixth sage, it's going to be ruins of the time." Like, of that time. So go back, try and look for stuff, figure it out. And truly, like, there's not a whole lot of direction from there. Like, she's like... No, I do, I do like that, though. She tells Link, like, go look for, like, ancient ruins and, and try and figure it out. I'm like... Does she not name drop Kakariko Village? No, not at all. She does not name drop Kakariko Village. I, th- I went somewhere else before I went to Kakariko Village. I don't remember where I went, but I was like, uh, maybe it's here. No, I'm not really seeing anything. Oh, wait, maybe now that we know that that Zelda was fake, if we go to Kakariko Village, they'll let us they'll let us through that to that ring ruin that was closed off the entire time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So Uh, is is now a good time to talk about Minoru, like who she is? Because we haven't really talked about her a whole lot. uh, Should we just do that when we get to the memories? We'll get that. I think we'll do that when we get to the memory. And then when we get to the memory, I'll let you carry over. Okay. Um. Or like you can you can lead that section if you if you desire. Uh, I, uh, buddy, nothing would please me more. <laughs> but yeah, so we went to Kakariko Village to try and maybe investigate. Maybe this ring ruin that has been cut off ha- has has the answers that we seek. And you know, we we explained to the to the survey team there, like, hey, that Zelda was not our Zelda. So because that Zelda was a puppet of Ganondorf and told us not to look into this ring ruin, that we must mean should. that we probably should. So they're like, yeah, we'll get rid of that right now. And then yeah. Toro comes up and he's like... Shout out to Chief Paya. Yeah, shout out to Chief Paya. She's like, yeah, here are the wilds. Get get to work. I know how good you are. And I still Toro's, love you. Still love you. Uh, and Toro's like, 
yo, dude, this ring ruin's floating. You can that's get in there now. Ex- that's probably exactly what he said, too. Like, if we just... <laughs> yeah, we pull up the dialogue. Put voice to characters like, yo, bro, there's totally something in there. Check yo, dude. Rad. Um, so that... So, like, you can get in there now, but... Like, you can get into the area, but that, that floating section of Ring Ruin doesn't even have a door on it. Like, we don't we – think we think it's hollow. We think there's something inside, but we don't know how to get in there. And Link's, of course, like, all right, here do we go. Have, do, you have, do you have an ability called Ascend by chance? <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like, people – it's so, like, comical because, like, Link does the stuff and then they're like – how they, like, people don't see him use these abilities – or at least some people don't. They're like, how I, did you get I, in there? I, I thought about them too, but I think it's funny that like the second he uses Ascend, they all, everyone around him just happens to not see it. Happens like, to look away. Yeah. Yeah. They happen to like be caught by some, oh, a shooting star. And he comes back. He's like, oh yeah, there's a fifth stage. And, and, and or even, or even when they there. do see it, they're like, whoa, that was weird. Maybe I'm seeing things. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> was the game loading? Yeah. But, you get inside and you take a picture of the uh, there's a there's a stone tablet within that ring ruin fragment because Toro take, can translate it right because Toro can translate it so you take a picture of it with your Shika, with your, sorry with your pure pad and then you you hop back down to Toro and he's like oh shit let me take a look at that and it says like he says like oh a lot of this I can't really translate exactly but I see a name Minoru. Uh, I see something called Sage of Spirit. Dracula Lake, right? Or something like that? Uh, no, it says, like, uh, I can't decipher this word. And Paya says, oh, that, like, she, she's been brushing up on her Zonai. She says, oh, that says Dragonland. And he says, oh, yeah, so the, the approximate, he says, like, good job, Chief Paya. The approximate translation is, if you want to find this, it's something along the lines. I, it's, if you want, it's something along the lines of uh, go to the dragon land to the southeast. Minoru, Minoru Sage, like it, this was written by Minoru, so it says Minoru Sage, like signed off Minoru Sage of Spirit. Uh, and Toro's like, well, the dragon land of the southeast. That's the Zonai ruins on the surface, like the ones that have been here f- forever. So I guess we got to go there and try and figure out if there are any more clues from there. So Toro goes ahead and sets up a base camp and you follow Toro to the Zonai ruins, the the place where the the spring of courage is. And you find him sort of in the sort of like in a wall almost. There's like a there's like a pathway through one of the pillars into a side room. He's like, "Yo, when I got here, this freaking pillar, this wall had collapsed and it had revealed this chamber." And there's a there's a mural here with a riddle on it, and the riddle is something like, uh, shit, I really should have pulled up the the riddle for this, but it's basically saying to find lightning clothing along the or like find treasure that contains lightning clothing along the neck of the long of the long necked serpent, uh. And then offer up a Zonai charge at the altar at the tail. And, you know, something will happen. So in that room that he first uh, opened and was looking at this mural, there's a chest. And inside the chest, there is a uh, a piece of the charged, charged set. Yes. 
looking very similar to what Raru wears. It's just Raru's. It, it, it's just Raru's outfit mostly. But you grab that, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I can't. I don't really know what this means." But and, and you know, there, like he truly says, "Like I don't know what this means." So you have to figure it out on your own, and it's not super hard to figure out because if you look at the map, you can see that the river that leads to Dracoza Lake. Shaped like a dragon. It's shaped sort of like a long neck, and the Dracosa Lake is the head. So uh, he also, here at this point, he suggests that Link go and upgrade the Pura Pads, like, sonar functionality at Robbie's place. Uh, because If you haven't already done that. Yeah, if you haven't already done that, because if you do do that, you can then set your sensor for treasure chests, which is what the charge set is going to be in. That's exactly what I did. That was the first time I ever used that feature. And I'm like, wow, this is really helpful. I should probably use it more often. Yeah, I, I did that as well. Uh, I, I immediately stopped what I was doing and went to Robbie and fully upgraded the Pura Pad. Like I did all those side quests. I think I already had it upgraded because I'm like, oh, I know that the upgraded runes of Breath of the Wild are amazing. That was like the first thing I did when I got, when I got the option to upgrade it. I'll just go upgrade the thing now. And I, yeah. so I had it for a while at that point. But cool yeah. that he tells you to do that. I did not know that. Yeah, then I... Then I went across. Truly, truly, you do not need. Like I'll say this right now: you do not need the sensor. It is extremely obvious if you just walk down and keep an eye out while you're walking down the river. It's extremely obvious where the things are. There's like a whole. There's like a lit up archway, and there's like breakable stones in like in plain view. It's like oh, it's there, and then you go in and you get the thing. So you're walking down the the thing. You're there's some zoni constructs. Uh, poise all about this this river that you're traveling down. And once you have the full charge set from all these hidden altars, at the very end of the tail, you see there's an altar at the tail. And you go up to it, and you you hold a Zonai charge in your hand, you place it down on the altar, a couple runes behind it glow green, and then the cutscene happens. And pretty what cool happens? At that. Pretty cool cutscene where uh, you see all of the uh, dragon statues uh around the Zonai ruins start to glow or they, their eyes activate and then the horns on their heads meant to resemble Farash's horn begin to like get to be charged with electricity and all at once lightning bolts uh, strike all of them at once from directly above them the, the storm clouds of the Farron region uh, of the Farron region and the storm clouds above then dissipate, revealing the Faron region's sky islands, Dragonhead Isle, the Thunderhead Isles. So Toro's like, "What the fuck? Like, there's a whole island in that cloud. You gotta. That's probably where you have to go." So, uh, and I, what is possible? Like, it, it is possible to do. I've seen people who can go up there even when the storm cloud is still up there. But visit, yeah. But visibility is just so low that it's, you know, n- normally it would just be really hard to navigate. But yeah, it was. That's where I'll interject. That's exactly what I did because, <laughs> I, as Breath, Breath of the Wild brain, I'm like, oh, Thunder Plateau. I'll solve a shrine there. Thunder clouds will go away. Uh, that did not happen. In fact, the thunder, cl- the shrine I did solve was exactly where you had to go for the find the fifth sage quest. So that's where I got the prompt for Find the Fifth Sage. Like oh. That's where I got the quest title. Because that's I had, cool. 
Yeah, because I'd gone to Lookout Landing and I had gotten like the instructions from there, but I didn't go to Kakariko to the ring room. And I like went straight to because I'm like, oh, this has to be something. I just can't see shit. So, <laughs> so I went there and just got lucky with my land. And because there's there's two shrines in there, one of them's quest related, while the other's not. So I just happened to land there like by happenstance, and lo and behold, did the, did the thing. Uh, and I'm, I had to, I'm like, okay, my lore brain has to do this properly. So I went back to the Dracuza Lake, solved the riddle there, got the, got the Raru fit. Yeah. Raru uh, fit. And then, and then continued on. But yeah, I got to the Thunderhead Isle while it was still a massive issue, but I did have the Thunderhelm. So like lightning was not a problem. Yeah. I, I did not just have absorbed the Thunderhelm. all that. Just absorbed it. I did not have the Thunderhelm. So I... <laughs> Uh, even when you do go up there and the storm clouds are gone, it's still really dangerous because there are really high strength, like mm-hmm. zone constructs up there and lightning is striking all over the place. But yeah. there's some really, but there's some really, really cool puzzles that involve the lightning strikes activating certain things up there. Yeah. So I went from the tail and I solved all the puzzles until I got to the head and inside the head is a shrine. And once you get in that shrine, you, you know, you do it and you come back out uh, and sure it's just a light, but pretty sure it's the blessing drawing. Yeah, there's also, I believe, a goddess statue up there, and I think there's one of those doors that res- that requires like a certain amount of hearts to push open. Yeah, there's also a grave up there, which we'll get into with the memories. But yes. yeah, the door I think requires ten hearts to open. Yes, I believe you are They're, correct. The, the same exact animation from the Temple of Time door from the Temple of Time, open. and when you when you push that open, you see this mask on this altar and when you approach it it like opens its eyes and fires a beam of light like down crystal, to the surface like a crystal shrine puzzle like a, like a crystal shrine puzzle exactly i believe that is when you first hear the voice of minaru that's when you get the like the monk kind of over voice dialogue yeah like beckoning you down to the surface yep, yep now exactly uh what you have to do uh, I did not do this originally. I did not realize you could pick up the mask. Did you just throw it? No, I just I was like, oh, I just need there? to go. I just need to go down there. So I went you down there. The mask. <laughs> I just left the mask there, and I went down there, and I'm like, oh, there's a pedestal down here. I probably need to bring I, the mask. So I teleported back, plopped that shit on a on a Zonai wing, and then went down again, and then it worked. <laughs> Link's like my bad dog. That's yeah, but you go down there. Uh, you you follow this voice's instructions and you go down and you bring the mask to this giant owl statue. And when you put the mask in this pedestal, the owl statue moves aside, or it doesn't move aside, it like ascends and reveals a pathway down. And if you bring the mask and you go down to that pathway, you step on this floating platform and it sort of detaches from its moorings and takes Link into the depths. All the while, the voice of Minoru is saying that how she has she's longed to meet Link, she's longed to talk to him, but they must act fast, uh, and she needs his help to she needs his help to get him the help that he needs from her. So yes. you are taken down into the depths, only to find a basically what is a fifth dungeon. The Construct Factory.
really unique and, and different. And I really enjoyed, I, I enjoyed some of the spirit temple, not all parts, but I, the part I did enjoy was the construct factory part because it does take all the components of the game that you've been taught and practicing with for hours upon hours at this point and puts it all into one. Just a complete like Zonai ability gauntlet. Yeah, and, it, and there are countless amounts of ways to solve it. Yes. Which, much, uh, like the, the, much like the dungeons in, you know, the regions. Um, some are more strict than others, but, you know, like Fire Temple, you can pretty much create your own adventure away around that one. Lightning mm-hmm. Temple, very similar. Uh, this one, you definitely have the most creative liberty, which I enjoyed. So, yeah, nothing but positive things to say about the, the Construct Factory portion of this game. Yeah, like this one, I definitely thought like, oh, the solutions I'm doing must be the only solutions. But then I just go on YouTube and I see this guy like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm like, okay, that works too. If you insist, dude. It was pretty cool. But yeah, you see this uh, almost like this mold in the center of the construct factory and you put Minoru's mask into it. And she's like, all right, now we can talk properly. Uh <laughs> Go around to these four uh, sort of like sub factories, like subsections of the yeah the depots, and I need you to build me a new body. It's like oh okay, because if you actually we didn't talk about the memories. Yeah, we haven't talked about the memories yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. 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 Uh, So yeah, this mysterious voice of of someone you've never heard of, Minoru. Uh, You (laughs) go around. And you get like the left arm, the right, and you have to, and you get locked in as soon as you, you get locked in that particular depot. So you can't just walk back out the front door with the part. You have to go through this whole puzzle and it's this big gauntlet, but eventually you get all the parts and this large Zonai mech animates and emerges in front of Link. And I think this is where we need to take a step back. Yeah, because from this point onward, some context about the memories is definitely going to be needed going forward. So, Colby, take it away. Obviously, we've been over this with Tyler famously saying no more memory shenanigans in the preview episode. Uh, You can do this game without completing the memories, which is totally fine. People have done it, I'm sure. Uh, That is not us. Uh, Us lore hounds here over at Switch It Up podcast. If you remember from the last episode, I got all the memories before completing one dungeon. Tyler completed one dungeon and got all the memories. Yep. Which, for better or worse, in this case worse, because the story I think is meant to be told, phenomena, memories, endgame. Yeah. I think that's how it's meant to be told. And then Master Sword's like at the way end. But for I think it's important to talk about the memories to give character to give uh, some context to Minoru and because now the two, the memories plotline and the present day are kind of like intervening at this point going mm-hmm. forward with the rest of the story. So, how do we get the memories? Uh, let's let's start there. Impa is the character who kind of points you in the direction of the memories, but Impa is not in Kakariko Village, as we just mentioned. Paya, her granddaughter, has assumed the reins of ch- uh, has assumed the reins of chief, and they've been dealing with this crisis. The five ruins have descended from the sky which you can't activate until you complete all four regional phenomena and decipher that that Zelda that had been giving orders is not the real one. But from Lookout Tower, you can see a giant mural of this Zonai-like figure, Sheikah-like figure, ancient figure. You head towards there, and I think you see Impa, 
there. Yes. With with Kato, I guess Impa's been Impa's been traveling, hasn't aged a day. Yeah. Uh, she's seen these things called geoglyphs, which are these giant green, literally giant green murals you can see from all across Just the map. Absolutely mat, like taking up entire fields and like snow band, like just huge swaths of land are covered by these giant glowing murals on the ground everywhere zora kibra eldon does not matter they are spread across the entire map really cool to look at from afar you can see multiple at once very visually pleasing but they they appeared when the when the upheaval when the upheaval happened so obviously they have to be connected to the events going on and I think you, you meet Impa, you have to hop in a balloon and fly up to this top because Impa can't see the whole thing. She can only see parts of it on the ground. You see the whole thing when you have an aerial view. And she's like, okay, kind of like investigate the geoglyph, see if you see anything interesting. Maybe you can get us pointing in the right direction as far as finding Zelda. She knows Zelda's missing. You go to the top. Well, when you look at the top, you can see kind of like this water or like a green dot that's filled in is what yeah, it's there's, way top. Yeah, what... It took me way too long to realize this, uh, so I think you, dear viewer, deserve to know. Uh, if w- when you're going up to these geoglyphs, it's good to approach them from a really high point. That way, you can yes. see the entirety because you have to search these geoglyphs for a tiny little pool of water within it. Uh, all of these geoglyphs have like these teardrop designs within, like all over them, mixed into the design. mixed into the design. Usually these teardrops are just the outline of the shape of a teardrop, but one, one and only one teardrop will be filled in in each of these geoglyphs. That is where you want to go. That is where the pool of water is. Yeah, it takes like I, it took me a couple tries to kind of pinpoint the locations or know what to look for. But like by the third or fourth one, I'm like, OK, I know what to look for. Like, I'll just take one look, fly right there. Easy money. But yeah, you, you approach this pool of water and you examine it and it rewinds into a tier and then a memory place. Yes. In this case where we went, this is memory one. So, well, memory one for unlockable memories. We'll kind of get into the order here in a little bit, but the title of the memory is where am I after disappearing into the depths under the castle? Zelda wakes up and meets two strangers who introduce themselves as King Raru and Queen Sonia. She's left startled by a suspicion that she's heard those names before. And this is the memory that confirms that Zelda is, Assumingly, ten thousand years in the past, and longer the birth of Hyrule, longer than ten thousand years. Like we don't know how the, long, but it is far past that. The kingdom of Hyrule has just been born. I think it's said at this point that Raru and some and his sister, his older sister named Minru, are the last two living Zonai, and they are willing to offer help to help Zelda get back to her time. But she introduces herself as Princess Zelda, King Rome's daughter. Um, Princess of Hyrule, and they're like, "Oh, strange, because we're the king and queen of Hyrule." We uh, just found it. That. We checked. At we just found that shit. Before. Yeah, yeah. Like that. We literally just put a stamp on it. Uh, interesting, but and Zelda's like, "What are you talking about?" And before she says, "Like I'm in the past," like it kind of, it kind of like zooms out, and you go back to the present day, where Link, who's just seen the memory, kind of like wakes up, has the come to realization moment that he does in Breath of the Wild after you find a memory, and the teardrop ever so gently just it's the it's the ground kind of dissolved mm-hmm. so that's that's memory number one and that's memory well kind of <laughs> well that's the fir- okay that's the first you learn from impa that these are called 
dragon tears. Mm-hmm. And you're... I think you tell Impa about what you see. Yeah, you because she because she when you're done watching the memory, she comes down and is like, "Link, you like why is it ghost?" Or you look startled, like what's wrong? And then you tell her, and she's like, "Oh, there's many of these things around Hyrule. If you go find all of them, that should give you some idea of where Zelda might be." Yeah, or what so, or what has happened to her. So whereas in Breath of the Wild, we are gathering Link's memories. In this game, it seems like we're gathering Zelda's because each memory sort of gives us insight on what she's up to in the past. Yes. And sort of what's going on. And by the time it's over, what she doesn't remember, which yes, we can get. But I, I will say, before, uh, b- before we get into every single memory, this is the better part of the story. Like It is once again... Like the cooler part of the story is locked behind memories, and we don't when we don't get to play through it. In my opinion, uh, for the bulk of it, yeah, I agree. Because like I, like I wish I could be in. The, I wish Link could be in these in that time. Like that's, I think the, I think the story's best when the two points intervene, like come come together, which is where we just left off in the present day and towards the end game. But yeah, like from. Great Sky Island to four, four regional phenomena compared to all 18 memories. Yeah, I, I find the 18 memory portion way more interesting. And that's with inferior characters primarily in them. Like the champions of old are way inferior to the Breath of the Wild champions as far as characters go. Because you don't know anything about them. Uh, Raru I like, Sonya I like, Minoru we disagree on. Um, I was about but, to say... For the- the past characters are pretty good for the brief amount of time that we spend, or that not even that we spend with them. Ganondorf like, is incredible. Like, yeah, we disagree on that, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> when I say incredible, like the first thing that came to my mind was like Matt Mercer VA performance, but that is also. I mean, that you can't really go wrong with. Yeah, it's, character of Ganondorf we can get into because I just I saw a YouTube video that said like this is the Ganondorf fight we like this is the Ganondorf we deserve like we earned this and I'm like. Yeah, but, that. but yeah, from the first from the first memory, like because of my preconceived notions with my opinions on how Zelda the Zelda team handles the stories, I was they don't give a fuck. I was I was apprehensive, but I ended up really really liking Raru and Sonya, and I think while they're not the deepest of characters, they they play their role and they have like they're they're not just husks like they they have purpose. They have personality, and I, and I really like them, and I think we'll see more of that when we go through the memories. But yeah, let's not dilly-dally on that anymore. I just wanted to sort of gauge what we thought of the memories before we got into summarizing each one. Oh, no, definitely agree. So I think there are 11 geoglyphs. I believe you're right, yes. And then a 12th one appears after you get all 11. So It's not even a geoglyph that appears. It's just another dragon tier. But yes. that la- yeah, that lands on the, an island in the Akala region. I don't and that know spiral, and that spiral like cape. Yeah. yeah, I don't know the name of it, but so sorry, Zelda head. But all good. Mm-hmm. All right, memory number two, air quotes because it's not actually an unfamiliar world. Looking out across the world she's found herself in, Zelda realizes she's traveled to the ancient past and questions how she can get back to her own time. Sonia offers some helpful thoughts, but it's Rabu who realizes her, his older sister Minoru might know a way Zelda can travel forward in time. So that is it's the first we hear of Minoru, the, her character. She is the older sister of Raru, one of the two final living Zonai. So 
right away you're probably thinking like oh she's 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 an important character because you know the royalty of the sister of royalty is yeah especially Lazona who we already know at this point are these very powerful people. like godlike beings almost yeah uh, and yeah we so this is the first this is the first memory where it's like all right we're getting it they're not shy like yeah you're in the past like they do not hide that fact at all yeah, in you're fact, in the past. Yes, these are Zonai people. <laughs> in fact, Raru and Sonia seem to be remarkably unbothered, like remarkably unsurprised. Like, given that one's the Sage of Light and the other's the Sage of Time, they're probably like, oh, this is totally... I was about to say, with, totally I was gonna say with, with one of them having the power of time, it makes sense. But it was just... Honestly, it was refreshing. I was like, oh, good. They're moving past this point very quickly. Now we can get to the more interesting stuff. How does she get home? So I like that a lot. As do I. And true, like, I I really like Sonya and Raru's dynamic. I wish we had so much more, but for the for the stuff we have, I really like it. Uh, they are, you know, one's a Zonai and one's a Hylian, like, depicted in the murals. That is how, you know, the, the royalty of Hyrule started, apparently. Yeah. And Sonya even comes out right and says, and is like, oh, I sense, like, when she says to Zelda, she's like, I sense that we share a blood connection. So Zelda is the direct descendant of these two, which is also odd because we do not see Sonya and Raru's kids anywhere. No, except maybe, maybe not their kid, but maybe another descendant we do maybe see at some point. So, so is this the time? So is Sonya the living reincarnation of Hylia and that gets passed down all the way to Zelda? Yeah. See, because that's, that's an interesting dynamic. Because like we've we've had conversations in texts about like descendants and their connections to other characters in the Breath of the Wild universe. Whereas like this is Zelda's not a living reincarnation of Sonya. That would make like I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it. This is definitely Hylian. So how she got her powers has to be through Hylia. Yeah, like this. Guess. This is definitely like the time that Zelda is sent to is almost certainly after Skyward Sword. Maybe like just after. I'm not, not even, long after. In the grand scheme of things, like hundreds of years probably. Yeah, like well, that's not long after. The, the, we're talking about eons, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know. I think truly, I, th- I still think when she goes back in the past, we are past everything in the Zelda timeline up to that point. I truly I, believe that. Yeah, I agree. Like, the, like even even going back as far as Zelda did, we are still the farthest we've ever been in the Zelda timeline. Like, everything still happened way before. But, like, you know, I don't know if some, like, crazy, like, other stuff has happened where Hyrule was forgotten and then needed to be refounded. But I, I just don't think it makes sense for the time that Zelda went back to to exist anywhere other than still at the end of the timeline. But... Because by the time we're in the present day, there's seemingly somehow two Zeldas. Yeah, which... there. Yeah, this is definitely a, a bootstrap paradox story. Um, Shout out to Jared. Like Zelda, like Zelda in this past existed before she was born. That's just how it happens. Like if we're if we're going yeah. through the if we're going through this timeline in a straight line, this Zelda will be here before she should be canonically born. That's just how this paradox is happening. But yeah, yep. You're right. But yeah, it, it's weird as hell, but 
uh, we don't, we're not even we're not even halfway there yet. So let's no, let's not okay. let's not dwell on that. No, okay. So next memory, uh, Minner's Council, and these descriptions I'm, I'm reading are straight from the memory descriptions in the game. So yes, you you can read all of them, watch rewatch them in the in the in the pure pad. Speaking of, after examining the Pyrapad, Minoru accepts that Zelda's from a different time and explains the only way she might get to the future is by using draconification, which isn't really a word, but yeah. it is in this game. It's a forbidden act, however, because Zelda would need to sacrifice her sense of self. Raru tells the disappointed Zelda to speak with Sonya and learn more about her power over time itself. I think this is the real, I think this is like, I think we the player knew this, but... This is the revelation to Zelda that she is, yo, you have time powers, like really important ones. Yeah, like they they don't really go into it too much, but they're like, yeah, you have the power of banishing evil and power over time itself. Yeah, she's light and time. She's a combination. I was going to say combination of Araru and Sonya, which shows that that's kind of her descendant. Uh. But yeah, well, that's where we meet Minoru. She's like the big techie uh, inventor of, of yes. the of the Kingdom of Hyrule, of the final two Zonai people alive. And she says that she, a fantastic bit of foreshadowing just for this memory alone is that she said that she thinks she can get the travel functionality for the Pyrapad working in this time, which is a delightful bit of foreshadowing that we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. But it's also a interesting lot of foreshadowing back, in this memory. It's also interesting looking back because Zelda has her. Well, first of all, Zelda's decked out in like really garb now. nice ancient garb, so that's where she gets it. I, I feel like they tell the because they tell the people that she's like a, a family member coming to visit yeah, or something. Yeah, they tell their subjects that she is a just like a distant relative, which technically is is true. They're not lying. <laughs> they're not lying. Just omission. You know what I mean? But yes, they. This is where we first hear about your confiscation, which is you know where people if they eat a secret stone, uh, which we've already talked about what secret stones are in the previous episode. Uh, if they eat a secret stone, they become an immortal dragon, which brings up a lot of questions about the three say, dragons that are roaming Hyrule right I now. Gonna, I was going to say, like, the, like, is that what happened to Farash, Nadra, and Dinral? Like, I don't think so, but it could be possible in this time. Yeah, like, and we do not see any dragons in these past memories, so we have no idea when this would have happened. There's also no present or past context for those three dragons. Not at all. So, so it's yeah. kind of just like, they, those three dragons are strictly for us on this podcast to spitball what their lore is, and then whatever we say, their Zelda team's going to be like, yeah, sure, or, eh, no. Eh, no, yeah. So th- but, strictly for us. Uh, speaking of Secret Stones... Zelda still has hers from when she picked it up in the room where Ganondorf was. So would that mean there's eight stones in this time? Uh, one, two, four, five, six, seven. There's seven stones because it's the four that are in the Robert, Sonya, the, the four champions. So there's seven now because Zelda came with Robert, it. Sonya, and then, yeah, then Zelda. Because so, so, there, so there was only ever six sages in this time until Zelda came. Correct, yes. Interesting. Okay, that's a cool little twist. Yeah, it... Uh, just I, I wrapped I wrapped I truly did wrap my head around the time but every time I talk about it I, I get lost again but anyway uh, she it's it's hilarious because she, she is wearing Raru's stone essentially because that's where she got it from off the yeah, hand there's, there's two of the most powerful stones in one in one time now it doesn't ma- it doesn't really matter whose stone is whose because the stone changes 
for whoever picks it up. And again, getting ahead a little bit, it's also not going to matter that there's two because of what happens. Because of what happens, yeah. That's sort of like which is why, which I guess could be a reason why this paradox is allowed to exist. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of twos. Like there's going to be two Zeldas eventually, two Master Swords, and then there's two 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 of these secret stones. Uh, But you know, we 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 figure that out later. But anyway, uh, let's Uh, let's continue because after Minoru's council. Uh, we get our first look at the man. I, hydrated Ganondorf. Hydrated Ganondorf. The Gerudo Assault. The Gerudo Chief Ganondorf, in his push to conquer Hyrule, uses a swarm of Molduga to assault the castle. When Raru uses his power to unleash an attack that destroys the swarm, Ganondorf notices the Zonai secret stone on Raru's right hand. The sight of it draws a sinister smile from Ganondorf. So yeah, here we are. This is... It, so Ganondorf. So have they been at war this whole time? It's certainly possible. Like, or I don't know. Ganondorf really seems to be nothing more than a nuisance to to the King of Hyrule. Like, truly, he at does not point, seem like at, yeah, this, at this point, point yeah. not a threat at all. Uh, considering what fucking Raru does to these Molduga, Raru, Zelda, and Sonya, I think, just light them up. Yeah, they this just, is the shot of the dark-haired woman shooting the light out of her hand in the trailer. This is that. Yes, who, exactly. who I thought was Hylia. Sorry. Not sorry. I mean, hey, we we might not be totally wrong. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I'm giving myself half credit. Yeah, but uh, yes, so seemingly out of sight, you know, Ganondorf and this tri- this whole squad of Gerudo are looking out over the ridge towards the green fields of Hyrule. A lot and, of male Gerudo, if I remember correctly. Uh, I believe. I believe no, they were they were all female Gerudo in that one. Interesting. Okay. Some I, of them had different I, designs. I will give you this. That's that's why because. They had different designs. Two of them next to him, they had gold masks on. And I believe on their garb, they had inscriptions of Kotake and Kaume, the two surrogate mothers of Ganondorf in Ocarina of Time that combined to become Twin Rova in that game. These are obviously not his surrogate mothers, but they are in this time, they are likely very trusted comrades. Uh, confidants of the king of the Gerudo because their names are inscribed upon the gloom weaponry that he drops in the modern age. Yes. So cool little lore thing, but yeah. Uh, yes. He, he uses uh, one of his minions to use the sort of like, like snake tamer flu to uh, call this massive uh, swarm of Molduga from the desert to assault Hyrule Castle, the and fact it seems that this guy can control the Molduga is just—it's yeah, pretty crazy. And it seems like the from Zelda and everyone's reactions, it seems like this is the first attack of its kind, like the first time that they are using something like this. But do do they do they know it's Ganondorf launching the attack? Right? I don't think they do. Because Zelda's like, that's, why? That was the part that that's the part I thought because like they don't say his name in that memory at all, nor and they seem oblivious as to where it came from. Yeah, because it just seems like, oh, Molduga spotted. It's not like, oh, Ganondorf's attacking again. And I think it's just because they're way out of sight, like way off in the distance. Uh, but, you know, Raru's like, ah, it ain't no big. Makes his hands into a triangle, you know, Triforce shit. Uh, and Sonya reaches her hand out and seems to amplify his power. Raru's power with her own power, which is never explained again. But she And then Zelda does the same thing. Which Zelda would make more same, sense because they have the same stone. Yes, but it, it's not. They're both time stones. 
So I don't know how they're really powering up this attack, but you is know, is Zelda's a time stone? Yeah, because her remember it said like I sense you have time and light powers, but your stone seems to amplify hers your time. Was light because of I thought Sony. I thought his. I thought hers was light because that's ro- the tear that falls off when it's pinning down Ganondorf. Well, it's it, it is said I believe in the you in one of the previous memories that uh, Sonya's like I. You have time and light powers, but your secret stone seems to amplify your time powers. Okay. Raru's secret stone is the light one. Yes. Yeah, because that's because well, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah, I but like that, I, but like I said, it doesn't really matter who what is who a secret stone belonged to yeah, it because it doesn't. changes to fit the user. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, Sonya Sony reaches her hand out, her hand alights in light, and it begins to power up Raru's attack. Zelda does that too, but her light is way bigger, which seems to surprise Zelda as well. Yeah, which but not she, which just Sonya and Raru. They're like, we know you're capable of this. They're like, yeah, down the line, this power is likely going to be way stronger. It's never said. It's just completely wordless, which I really like about it, though. But then Raru opens up his... All the Zonai, by the way, have third eyes. So Raru opens up his third eye and just blasts a beam of light, shearing, insta-killing all of these Malduga. You know, just fucking annihilating these these sandworms. The definition of one shot. Like, they didn't feel a thing. And I think they felt a thing. Like, we saw them, like, writhing in pain before they died when the camera panned back over them. But uh, Ganondorf's like, well, shit. And then he must have great eyesight because from miles, say, 2020 is from miles away, he zooms straight in on the secret stone on Raru's hand. And is like, and he gets a devious grin because he's got an idea. He knows where his power comes from. And that's what he's doing. That's what he's going for now. He's like, I'm going to need that dog. So that is the Gerudo assault. Next memory is a show of fealty invited before the court of Hyrule, which I think is interesting wording. Ganondorf kneels before King Raru and pledges his fealty while concealing a smile that says otherwise. Still, Zelda is uneasy and tells Raru she's certain the chief has treachery on his mind. Raru assures her that he's been fully aware of it. Yeah, invited before the court of Hyrule. Huh. Yeah, invited before the court of Hyrule is interesting. That means Raru Which will kind of debunk our theory that they didn't know he was attacking, but there's nothing to suggest that they know he's attacking. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't think that they knew that the attack was him, but I think they know that he's just sort of an asshole. A thorn in their side. But Raru, you can call it arrogance or you can call it something, but he says he wants to keep him close. And this scene is a complete mirror of Ocarina of Time. Like yeah. the same exact thing, Zelda's kneel or not Zelda, Gandorf kneels before the king and swears fealty to him with cruel intentions on his mind instead. Uh, I don't know if I like the fact that it's almost like a one-for-one Ocarina scene. In a lot of ways, this game is a retelling of Ocarina's events. It, it is extremely similar to... There, there are a lot of Ocarina motifs in, in this game. Uh, I wish that th- we saw more of this Ganondorf. I truly do. Like This is his best scene by far. Uh, and I, wish we, I just wish we saw more. You know, there, This is another thing of them deciding to tell the story in the past, we don't get to really connect with the main villain of the game as Link. 
there's not a lot of Chief Gandorf as much as there's Demon King Gandorf, and there is a difference between the two characters. Indeed. And, you know, I, again, like, this, the, I'm glad they don't shy away from his Gerudo heritage in the memories, but in real, like, in the, in the present day, like, Gerudo, Gerudo Town's story should be, like, he should be there. Like, he should be fucking doing shit in person there. Like, that yeah. should be so much, that should be so unique among the four phenomenon, but it's really not, and we'll get into, we'll get into Ganondorf later. But it's also crazy that Ganondorf does not give a single shit in this scene. Like, he is so openly, like, making veiled threats. I struggle to even call them veiled threats. They're so openly, like, suggestive threats. And... I'm gonna fuck your shit up. <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit. And Raru's just like just doesn't do anything about it. He's like, okay, whatever. I'll keep yeah, yeah, you'd say what you want. I'll keep you close. You won't be able to do a damn thing. I got this stone, buddy. I can let you up anytime I want. You know, he's making threats against him and his sister. He's saying, like, oh, you've certainly risen above your heritage. You've you've married yeah, a Hylian woman. You've married a Hylian woman and started this kingdom. And Raru's trying to clap back, but really, Ganondorf's like, I already got you. I, I already Ganondorf's got you. Like, buddy, it's a wrap, and you know it. Stands up, walks away. Zelda's like, guys. He's a problem. He, he, she says, even his name gives me pause, which is like, oh, that's great. You know, she, maybe she has some sort of... I, I mean, it makes sense, because Calamity Ganon, and then Ganondorf. It makes sense. That's yeah. her, she would be put off by the name, but Raru's like, hey, don't worry. We're fine. We we've got known about this. this. Yeah, like we we're good. Totally fine. We are. We want to keep him close because at least this way we'll be able to keep a better eye on him, so he doesn't do anything shady from the outside. And that plan is going to backfire really hard later. Oh, gonna, like almost immediately. But first, but for, but for now everything's fine. For yeah, now everything's peachy. So much so we're about to have tea time. Indeed. Uh, let's which go. Takes us to our, which maybe my favorite memory. Yeah, uh, I think just, so. Just simply titled Zelda and Sonya. Uh, when Zelda speaks with Sonya to learn how to use her own time powers, she's surprised by the queen's techniques. Sonya then speaks with Zelda about everything she must be struggling with, and the princess mention, then mentions Link. Raro has never heard of him before, and as Zelda explains who he is, her faith in her friend and hero shines. I think the translation or description of this is off because Sonya's the one who brings up Link's name first. Yes, I, I, I saw some translation. There are so many translation differences uh, between this and differences the right version. now. Uh, there's just so much coverage of it because people are scraping for Zelling stuff. They are they are <laughs> they are scrambling. Yeah, it's yeah, it's me. Any, I'm the one scraping and and and, and, and in this one, like in the Japanese translation, you know, Sonia says Link's name and like in a certain like teasing way to imply like romantic feelings, at least in like the Japanese language. At least that's well, what I read. English in the English version, I think it's pretty made obvious. As Zelda I was about to say, even, even her tone in the English is pretty like oh, te- like mother teasing her daughter about her crush sort of thing. But yes, we see Zelda, you know, accidentally knock a teacup off the table and at will, uh, Sonia uses rewind to put it back up. Really super cool. Un- super unnecessary, but like it's cool. But it's so cool. I love it. Like, you went, uh, like we never saw the runes in action in Breath of the Wild in these, in these cuts, in these like little cutscenes. But yeah. seeing like rewind, is, it's so cool. But it's so great. Continue. Yeah. But yeah, I, this scene really made me like Sonia a lot. Uh, it's it, she's just like this like em, the embodiment of 
compassion. Yeah. Like that's what's so like her, it's truly like her voice, like the way that she, the way that the voice actor carries Zonia's cadence and just, it's so in incredibly soothing, but it's so subtle as well. And, and I just love it. And like that, that is the person that you would want to found Hyrule. Yeah. Like those sure. ideals, that personality, it makes absolute sense why Zelda is the way that she is way down the line. And, yeah, and Raru is also just as cool. Like he's just this, he's also very kind, but you know, stern at the same time. Uh, I don't know. There, there's something about how he cares. I mean, it's Chris Hackney. Like, come on now. <laughs> The man was the man was built to to voice royalty to voice, act. Exactly. to voice royalty, but like he's he can Raru can just be a lot of different things. Like he's very adaptable. He can be he can be savage. He can be uh, reserved. He can be, be kind. yeah. He, he can rule. He can be kind. He can be strong. He can be stoic. He can be you know proper. Yeah, he he has a wide range. But Sonia truly is just that embodiment of just kindness and compassion and the way that she treats Zelda just so it's a very mother and daughter relationship. I think very purposely so because Zelda, a, a big part of her is the, is the death of her mother. And, you know, for a while it was Urbosa that filled that hole. Uh, and then she left and then that had this whole independence arc for Zelda to come into her own on her own to save the people that she loves and now she gets to sort of relive this this motherly love that she's lost with Sonya in this past mm-hmm. time. And I think that's a huge reason why Sonya, or, or why Zelda, because Sonya points it out here, Zelda feels such an intense desire to help these people out in this time frame. Yeah. You know, regardless of what it'll do to the future, if it'll have any consequences on a, a timeline, that's probably not even going through her head. Oh. She... She, she wants to help. resign to the fact there's no way back. Like for now, yes. for now, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, why not try help yeah, to help exactly. out? And maybe if she does if it changes here, at the very least, maybe it'll be better in the future. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but then yes, we she talks about Link uh, and how there's a swordsman in the future with the sword to seal the darkness who will fight the Demon King. This is the first time Sonya and Raru hear about it. And they express desires to meet him. Sure. And I, 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 how that's going to work. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I think it's more of a joke. Like, you know, this is someone I would like to meet. If, if Why Zelda, don't you bring him home, sweetie? Yeah, I was going to say, if Zelda speaks so highly of him, and this is someone I'd have to meet, and they, wanna, they want her to tell him more. I got bad news for them when they asked for him to introduce himself. He's just not going to say anything. Yeah, unfortunate. But, you know, Zelda has very high praise for, for her knight. He's courageous. He never backs down from a challenge. Uh, always He's strives to do the right thing. He's a glutton. She does. She leaves that part out, of course, but he likes her. He likes a good rock rose, but I do really love this scene. Uh, oh, it's the, a great, it's a great I, scene. It, it, uh, a, a much needed moment of levity in the story because it's just been memories have just been five firing off at this point. So yeah, kind of get to slow down with this one. But unfortunately, we don't one, slow down. Which makes this next one very sad. For long, yeah. Uh, let's just, the name kind of, you know, they kind of mailed it in on the name, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Uh, Sonia's caught by treachery. Sonia meets with Zelda in private, and when the princess is revealed to be a creature under Gandor's command, Sonia and the real Zelda address the threat with confidence. 
The false Zelda laughs eerily and vanishes in a mist of gloom. In that moment, Ganondorf steps up behind Sonya and catches the queen by surprise. She falls victim to the scheme. Yeah, this, this is... This in the mural, so this shouldn't be too big a surprise. Yeah, this was... This was in the this wasn't the murals at the beginning of the game. I didn't even realize because this is how Ganondorf gets his hands on the stone. secret stone. This is also the scene in the trailer of who we thought was demise. This is the first time we see the Demon King Ganondorf. This is him screaming. This like, is not. This is not. It's the next memory that is that. This oh, ends. Oh, this is the. Oh no, you're right because this is the meme of his really shitty facial. His expression. really weird facial expression. We'll get to that in a second, but yes, zone. Sonia, you know, Zonia, Zonia, Sonia walks out on this balcony is like, all right, what do you want to talk about me in private? She keeps her back turned, does not look at all. She's like, what do you want to discuss with me in private? She knows it's not her. Yeah. And Zelda and the fake Zelda is like, you're far too trusting. Takes out a Gerudo dagger and slings it. Sonia doesn't even fucking flinch because she knows her fucking girl Zelda's got her. Zelda, the rewind stops. Like the rewind, or a rewind ability stops the dagger in midair, and it, you, give, me, at first you, give, give me all the rewind in these cutscenes. Oh, it's so sick! And at first you think it's Sonia because she turns around and she's like, she's so cheeky about it too. I love the con- I love her line in this scene. She's like, "Well, that is very unlike the Zelda I know." And then it's revealed Zelda comes out from the behind a pillar, and it's her rewind. She has learned to use this power, and she's like, did you really think that we wouldn't catch on? And then she fucking flicks her hand back like a badass and sends the dagger back, and it does not – she does not send it into this thing. She drops it right at its, at its feet. <laughs> I was like – I was popping off. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And it just immediately just – And then immediately can't. it was taken from me uh, as the puppet – yes, the puppet uh, laughs and, and fades away. And Zelda like steps in front of Sonya with this protective nature. I, I love Zelda's like implied develop implied confidence growth over over this over these memories. Yes. But then at one moment there's nothing, and the next moment the the, the king of thieves the king of thieves is there as he steps up behind and you see Zona fuck, I did it again. Uh Sonya like lurch forward. And you see like his his like silhouette, like she's in focus in the camera, and you see his like blurred outline behind her. He did not stab her. He did not. He just he, broke her back. He just fucking punched her and imme- and shattered her spine. I think. Yeah, like uh, I don't know if he stabbing probably would have brought this game up a, a rating, but yeah, but like that is it's implied she stabbed. It, it's implied that she's stabbed at first, but even when you hear like the sound, it's not like a. Tss. It's a punch. It, like it really, it sounds like he hits her with like the butt of his katana. Like that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Which either way is fucking really imposing, just that he can do that. But before she even drops to the ground, he snatches the secret stone off her neck Badass. as as Zelda cries out. It's so fucking heartbreaking. The uh, Patricia Somerset, right? That's the yep. That's her. Just, just did amazing, and this is where the yeah. It, it's so. It looks like a G mod, like <laughs> fucking face morph with the smile. Like it's so comically it's it's evil good. as he laughs and he's like, "Finally, it's mine." Um, and that's where it ends. That's where that fucking memory ends. Yeah, which... I, I, 
I I truly forgot about the mural, so I didn't. I was truly surprised when Sonia died. Really? Yeah, like I, it caught me by surprise just because I wasn't thinking about it. But I as soon as I saw she, it happen, like I, it all flooded back. I was like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> I, I didn't know when she died, but I figured she did because when she's like horizontal, like being lifted off the ground, Gander's holding her still. I'm like, "Oh, that's probably not looking good for her." Yeah, but yeah, that's. This is probably the most commonly like reacted to memory on YouTube. I think. Do you, do you think she died because she lost the stone, or because Ganondorf attacked her? I think she, I think she died because Ganondorf fucking killed her. I like okay. you can lose your secret stone and not die. I th- I think Ganondorf just fucking punched her spine so hard that all of her nerves immediately ruptured and she fucking died. Like it's horrifying and internal, but internal bleeding everywhere. Just comp- immediate death. Yeah, like, which, it was insane. Um, also, this next one's pretty straightforward. A uh, birth of the Demon King. Literally seconds after that last. This memory. takes place literally maybe a second after all that happens. With the secret stone he took from Sonya, Gandorf turns into the Demon King. The gloom that that issues from his body creates countless monsters that howl across the world. Raro goes to Sonya's side to help his fallen queen. Though furious at Ganondorf, he knows the Demon King is too powerful to confront at that moment. He retreats with Zelda. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, not not good. Not good. Ganondorf. Just. Just a fucking maniac. Like, he's just taking the secret stone menace. and just watching it with just glee as if it's the only thing he's ever wanted in his entire life. And it, like, grows. It, like, grows with, like, a heartbeat in his hand to fit his massive stature he puts it in his forehead and like very Hyrule, like original Hyrule warriors, this like circlet, this massive golden circlet forms around his head and he undergoes this horrific transformation into the, the true demon King, very demise inspired, uh, the exact same description that we talked about earlier in the episode. he, and just the fucking I, he he like summoned the blood moon with his transformation. He's that powerful, and he he turns around with just the most shit eating grin. He like he like raises his eyebrows like back at at Zelda. Like you like what you see. Like he's so cocky with it too. It's it's so imposing. Um, yeah, his power is just on a different level, which. He, it's in, he would have messed up Raru if they just squared off right then and there. Yeah, it would, it would have, not have gone good. Would have messed him up. And and like like you said, the the gloom from his body makes these meteors that go off across the land and form Bokoblins and form Lynels and all the different monsters of the world. Um, and Matt Mercer's scream when he's transforming. Is fucking visceral, dude. It was crazy. He is awesome. And at this point, like Zelda's expression, I I gotta give the animators credit for her expression as she watched. Oh, she's horrified. Horrified. It it was a great I just love that expression so much. And at this point, Raru with his tiny little fucking Zonai legs begins running out. I I always thought that was funny. This is not a funny scene, but like the that's funny though. It was a little funny. But Again, fucking Chris Hackney, man. There's the voice acting in this game this, is really the, the good. The VA squared off in this scene. You can just you can hear his voice break a little when he when he shouts out Sonya's name, and then Ganondorf sort of talks about his motivations a little bit. He does. 
uh, he talks, he like taunts, uh, he taunts Raru. Like you took your godlike power for granted. Yeah, like all that power wasted. All that power wasted. You didn't do anything with it. You just sat around. And that and her, Sonia, she's just the first she's the first victim of, of your, your of your arrogance. He yeah. he places the blame on Raru, and you see like the fucking Zonite ears go back in attack mode. The third eye opens immediately. He's red. Like he gets up, he's about to fucking go again. Or Zelda's like, no, no. But Zelda, but Zelda's just Zelda's saying Sonia needs you. Like even though she's not there anymore, just she still needs you. Was then, so fucking heartbreaking. And then they teleport out of there, right? And then yeah, then he creates like Gator's like, what the fuck. Yeah, he creates this barrier. Uh, Raru creates this barrier of light as, as Ganondorf reaches out with one of those gloom tentacles that fucked up Link's arm. And then Zelda uses the Sheikah Slate. They all turn into that like blue strand uh, Sheikah that technology. Was also cool to see and, and and teleports out of there. I'm like, shit, man, that's such a cool fucking foreshadow. Ganondorf's like, huh? Like, he, he he looks at a moment. He's like, what the fuck? But then he it takes a second. He's like. Looks at his yeah, hand is like this is fucking cool, and then turns around doesn't give a shit anymore. Like nah, man, we're we're messing stuff up. Like truly, just a fucking shit eating maniac is this Ganondorf. He he is just a lunatic, like fully full blown lunatic. Which I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's a good thing. But yeah, I've gone back and forth on what I think about his character, but we'll talk about that later. And this scene, and then he goes and he just. Does the most generic evil laugh like up at the sky that you can do? Looking, looking over the, his like throne, basically. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, he's he's earned that. I guess he he. It's just that easy. Yeah, he just absolutely jacked up our our queen. Uh, this next one's pretty straightforward. We can kind of like this won't take long. Yeah, we we talked uh, about the, we talked yeah, about this. This is the memory you got after um fighting the Phantom Ganons at Hyrule Castle with the with Link and the Force. The the, the quest we started the show with uh, the Demon King's army. Having turned into the Demon King, Gandorf uses his terrifying power to cover the world in gloom and send his army of monsters across Hyrule, attacking the peoples of all territories who oppose him. That is him. That's him giving the, the vision of like, this is what the world's going to look like when I'm fully powered again and going to wreck you guys. Yeah, it, it seems to be like what he was doing when he first got the power. It's exactly, yeah, because in this next scene, it kind of um, explains what the sages and all them were up to. Yes. Which, this is the sages' introduction to the story. Uh, the sages vow. Backed into a corner by the attacks in all parts of Hyrule, leaders facing the Demon King's forces gather at Raru's call. I think they're on the Thunderhead Isles, but he gives each a secret. He gives each a Zonai secret stone, making them sages with powers amplified by the stones. All the sages raise their voices as one, pledging to fight with King Raru until the end. This is canonically the introduction of champions, if you will. Yeah, one they are- member from each of the four races representing their tribe and getting blessed with these powers. I will say. They're not in the Thunderhead Isles. They are in the Forgotten Temple. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so this is where they Thunderhead are. Thunderhead Isles is the very, very end. I believe it opens with like the last free village in the Gerudo region has fallen. I think that's right. I, I believe that is what he, uh, what they say. Um, but yes, yeah, so we see the. Uh, these four ancient sages, the the leaders of the of the different tribes uh, of Hyrule, and they're all they're already decked out in these Zonai masks. So they must have already been given these this these Zonai sort of like armor masks by yeah. Raru. So we never get to see their faces. 
that with these these guys, these guys are never named, and I truly hate their role in the story. It's not good. They are just they are they're they're just bad versions of the champions. They're bad versions of Mifa, Vivali, Baruch, and Barbosa. Yeah, like they're they're the exact same genders too. Like they're just like off-brand champions. They might as well have been Mifa, Rivali, Daruk, and Urbosa. Yeah, like we don't get to. He- they don't have personalities at all, or they oh, they all have the same personality, which might be even worse. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. Uh, and they're they're just really uninteresting characters. I I wish that more was done. I wish that either they weren't in the story or that more was done with them. Because like this I don't first seen. Yeah, like this is our first time seeing them, and this is the most we're gonna know about them forever. Um. Uh, but you know, I guess, I guess there had to be old sages to fight against the demon king. So you know, it's fine, it's whatever. But I didn't really like them at all. But they are wearing masks, and these masks the depict beast. a camel, an elephant, a bird, and a lizard. And it's obvious that these sages must have inspired the Sheikah divine beasts. Because even in the present day, when you put the Divine Beast Helms on Link and you summon the respective sage that correlates to that Divine Beast, the sage is wearing that helmet as well. Yeah, that, that was so cool. Like, if, you summon, if you summon Yunobo and Link's wearing Virodania Helm, Yunobo's also wearing Virodania. Yeah, he wears the Zonai version of which is the cool. Virodania. Which is really cool. That's a really cool Easter egg, a really cool detail. And also in the temples. Like, in the temples that were built by the ancient peoples of Hyrule, there are, there's like camel, there's camel uh, iconography in the Thunder Temple. There yep. is the, the locks on the door in uh, old Gordania are Varudania's face. Uh, you know, there, there's obvious. Gorondia. Yeah. Gorondia. Yeah. There's obviously bird imagery on the Stormwind Arc. Yep. And uh, there is elephant, and the the faucets on the Great or Wellspring of Hyrule are elephant toss are, are elephant trunks. So that's just a cool bit of lore there. Which they, I wish there was more like maybe like journal entries that talked about yeah. that. But yeah, you know, fuck, dude, preach the choir. There's nothing there's, as yeah. far as additional lore go. We'll, additional we'll lore. There, there is actually one additional lore piece that I, I prepared before this episode that I think is really cool that we'll talk about oh. later. Oh, but, my God. I can't wait. But, but uh, yes, that's the Sage's Vow. Also, I love the vow that they do, and I love that King Raru is the King of Light. Uh, yeah. And this is also, I believe... Oh, no, this is... This is not where we see the, the really sad thing, is it? That's the next memory, I believe. I think that's the next one. Okay. Let's, okay. let's keep going. Let's go to the next one then. A King's Duty. On the eve of the battle, Zelda tells Raru that in her future she's seen that the Demon King is alive and that it means they won't be him the next day. Raru says that he will still do what he must, even at the cost of his life. If they fail, their last line of defense will be the knight in the future who wields the sword that seals the darkness. So Zelda's put two and two together that this Ganondorf and the mummy they met under Hyrule Castle are the same thing. And that can only mean one thing if he's alive in the present day is that something happens the next day that leads to their defeat, which it's cool that Zelda doesn't know exactly what happens because this could mean that, hey, all of the champions die. Um, obviously, it's implied that Raru doesn't make it, but somehow you're going to die, basically, and everyone else could die, too, tomorrow. Um, 
So like, are you sure you don't come up with a new plan? And Rod was like pretty insistent that like, look, it's my fault. Like he's, he's right to a point. It's my fault that he's risen to this power. It's my fault. He's this strong. Like he's the reason mm-hmm. like Sony is not here anymore. He's the reason all this terrible stuff's happening in Hyrule. If this is really our one and only chance, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. I, I also loved this scene. This like, like the T scene made me really like Sonia. This scene really made me like Raru a lot. Yeah. Because here he is being told that by a time traveler, he's not going to make it. That he, that like his efforts are futile. That's, there's not really a solution to it, but you're going to go and you're going to lose tomorrow. And he says, it is my duty to try. As the king of Hyrule, it is my duty to try to protect my people. And that line is so fucking good. He's, and, he's like, even if he's like, even if we do fail, we have the night in the future. And even it's also interesting to say that, like this, this that was because he says that was a future in which you never appeared in this world. Yeah, which so technically is already happened. Which technically yeah. isn't true. Which implies which implies this has already happened. Yeah, which I was about to say kind of already is actively happening. Like the whole time loop thing makes Raru's statement very ironic. I think it was meant to be, but we also have to talk about the beginning of the scene where he is looking over the, the grave of Sonia. She has been buried probably within the only safe place. There is the forgotten temple. That's probably the only safe place there is left for her to be buried. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he wouldn't want that. I'm sure he would want to bury her somewhere much more fitting, but he leaves a sundalion, which is her flowers, the flower that symbolizes her, essentially. Uh, big cry moment. In front. Big cry moment. I didn't, I didn't cry. but I didn't cry, but I, you know, my, my empathy was was very much flaring. And I was like, fuck, yeah. man, that's pain. That's pain yeah, right that's, there. That's a, great, that's a great, like, scene before the big thing that's going to happen, which I think it's time to kick it back to you. Because this next scene doesn't unlock until after you do all of this. But all of that was kind of set up to what's going on in the present day with Minoru. Yeah. So, actually, maybe it is worth doing this next scene. Um, yeah, we'll, to, we'll do this that, next scene. That, that explains why Minoru is in the stage she's in. Because this, this is sort of like, this is basically like the vision of the imprisoning war that you see at the end of every single phenomena quest. This but is a full, yeah, there's a little bit more in this one. So yeah, I think we so should, this one's called the imprisoning war. It's unlocked after you do all of the fifth stage stuff. Cause Minru has like a, a monologue. She goes on. That is basically the monologue we've heard four times already, but with a little bit more, which is this memory. Yeah. Uh, the imprisoning war in the battle against the demon King Ganondorf, King Robert realizes that he and his allies have found themselves in a fatal moment. Knowing he is at fault for Gandor's rise in Hyrule and for the theft of the Secret Stone, Raru risks his life to imprison the tyrant, which basically it's exactly what it says. But the key thing in this memory that's going to connect when we send it back to Tyler here in a couple of minutes is Minoru literally like falls like her body is disheveled. Like she point. is she's probably easily the most injured out of like any of the ancient sages, like, Zelda, yes. Raru. She got hit the hardest. Yes, because she, she isn't. She is a sage, if you'll remember. She is the sage of spirit, um, which we do. Which I think 
we said already, but uh, it was. I don't think we said exactly what that means. She, we skipped over it when she was first introduced. She also has a secret stone. So yeah, sorry, there are eight. You were right. I forgot about Minoru's secret stone. Uh, it, there's my point. She's case in point. She's not a character, but or wait, no, there were set. I'm. So, am I crazy? No, there were fire, eight. Yeah, fire, water, lightning, wind, Zelda, Sonia, Raru, Minoru. Eight. Yeah, eight. So sorry, I was just wrong. Yeah, she says that she has the power to separate her spirit from her body while remaining, I guess, alive in spirit form. Yeah. Uh, so she's a, she she can basically become a force ghost. Yeah, she can basically become a force ghost. So we see that her body is just super fucked up, like mega fucked up in this. And Ganondorf is like standing on his pedestal. He's fucking looking over everybody. Suck. He's not even scratched. Um, no, like like they told you, none of their attacks got to him. They weren't wrong. But Raru knows what he has to do now, seeing that it truly is hopeless. And now knowing about what the future holds, that is probably one of the things that pushed him to do what he's about to do here. So in what seems to be like a coordinated effort, like a, a rehearsed move, all of the champions throw... Not the champions, fuck. All of the old sages throw their weapons, you know, a boulder breaker, light scale trident, uh, an arrow from the, uh, scimitar, the seven and yeah, the scim- great eagle bow is and fired. the great eagle bow is fired. And, uh, Ganondorf fucking weaves it out, deflecting them with his bare hands. Zelda uses rewind on all four of them. at once to bring them back, uh, from behind. Sick. That was so sick. And he's like, I've seen this before. Watch this. And he turns around and he slaps them all with a single strike. And, then Raru is gone from his sight. He turns back around and Raru is gone. And Raru says that that pride will be your downfall, Ganondorf. And uses activates his secret stone. His hand glows with energy. And he, he fully uses like all five of his fingers to stab through Ganondorf's chest with like cast a ceiling spell. The Zonai uh, like energy and Ganondorf gets fucking completely impaled. Uh, and he looks down, and Raru, like Raru's hair, begins to go wild, and out of it comes this spiral of green energy—the same ones that we see across all of the shrines of light in Hyrule that were made by him. And Ganondorf seems to know what's happening. He says, "You're going to bind my heart. You're going to bind my heart and seal my magic." He says, or sorry, steal his magic. I think he said. Uh. And, he, and even while he's being actively sealed, he laughs. He says, thousands of years will pass in the blink of an eye. You only delay the inevitable. The same thing he says in the present day to the new sages. And Raru's like, you're wrong. In the future, there's going to be a swordsman that, uh, that rises with the sword that steals the darkness, Link. And he says, remember this name as the main theme not even the main theme of Zelda anymore. This is fucking Link's theme. Uh, as it plays, like, all these horns in the background. And even having been told that, even as he's being actively sealed for thousands of years, Ganondorf still remains smug and says, I look forward to meeting him. And then... His glowing hair goes dark. His eyes lose their light. And in order to do this spell, in order to do this maneuver, Raru also had to sacrifice himself. And we see 
frozen in time. The exact same scene that we see at the beginning of the game. Ganondorf bent. It's interesting because Ganondorf is not like bent over fully backwards when we see this. And Raru's entire body is there, not just his hand. But it seems that as the years went by, Raru's entire body like decayed away while Ganondorf's remained, except Raru's arms still stayed to keep him pinned. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of the imprisoning war. That was it. Yeah, all all the champion survives. Zelda survives. Minoru survives. Which is now yes. a good time to get back to you. I think now it's time. I think it's now it's a good time to kick it back. Back so. to the present day. We'll come back to the memories. That's not all of them, but back to back to Tyler, where we have just built the mech suit for for Minoru. Who yes. Uh, I guess we'll say this. Since you know Minoru can separate her spirit from her body in in the memories, in the last memory you get um, from the geoglyph, she lives. She is. She lives in the Pyrapad. Yes, that is how the Pyrapad ended up in the possession of that construct. Zelda gave it to that construct, and Minoru's spirit resided within it. Because they came up with a plan after this happened to get Zelda back. One, back to her time, and two, Link, the assistance he would need to defeat the Demon King. Yeah, so... We'll get back to that. uh, Minoru says, hey, thanks for doing that. Zelda's told me a lot about you. Can't really... or I've been watching you come this far. I wanted to help earlier, but I just couldn't. Uh, I I forget why she said she couldn't. It was something about, like... Her, Her body was stuck here. Her spirit was stuck in the pure patch. She didn't have any way of talking to him. I think she had. I think she was going to try to activate, but like something barred her from activating her. I think it's because the construct must have been like deconstructed or like not built. Yeah, but they have to go to the spirit temple. Oh now, to wait, the stone. They, they don't. It stone. makes it makes perfect sense now why she wasn't able to activate the the construct at the beginning of the game. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Minoru mech is really cool uh, because you can like fuse different things to each arm and you can like ride on it. Like you can pilot it like a, like a fucking Titanfall. Did pilot. you pilot it or did you fight alongside it? Um, I fought alongside it. It's just way too slow. If you attach, a, if you attach a fan to its back though, there's like, it like, runs, it runs. It's really cool. Yeah. Cool. So I did that when I was piloting it, but I'm like, wait, this thing can, cause I thought it wouldn't fight on its own if I didn't pilot it, but I hopped off it and it was just, fighting with the weapons I gave it. And I'm like, oh, this is way easier. If I yeah. use my full arsenal and she uses what I give her, we'll, we'll be good. Yeah, it's it's best to give her, like, disruption things, like... Uh, cannons. Like cannons, like frost emitters, like shock emitters to make enemies drop their weapons because she doesn't do a whole lot of damage. Even if you attach, like, a lionel horn to her hand, doesn't do a whole lot of damage. Yeah. Not, not as much as Link's gonna do. But regardless, she says, down in these depths, there's a temple that we have to go to to get my... To get, that's where my secret stone is being held right now. Yeah. We need to get there. Which, which will power up her, her her body, basically. Yeah, which will power up her construct and, you know, basically put her on par with the rest of the sages that you've already gathered. So you you walk with Minoru through the depths, uh, through various different pathways. You know, there, there's a there's a sort of curated pathway to show you the, the capabilities of the mech suit, but you can really just sort of ditch that path and just fly over everything if you want. But eventually you come to the spirit temple. Uh, this is not exactly a temple. The 
The temple is getting the, there. The temple portion is building the, the, construct, is the construct factory. But once you're down there, uh, it, it's just an elevator down, and then there's a, a small room, which is obviously an arena, and then the uh, secret stone is down the hallway at the end. Uh, so you walk forward. You have to hop on Minoru because there's gloom there's everywhere. Part. Yeah. So you have to hop on her to avoid getting you know degraded by the gloom. You walk into this square arena, and then a bunch of uh, like basically like a, like a boxing rink, uh, like sort of appears around you, like the like these walls, these like electrified wires. Yeah. Box a you back in. in this scene. Yeah, and then descending from the sky is probably most people's least favorite boss. Uh, it's definitely the gimmick boss, but it is the bo- it is the scourge of the spirit temple. Zonai construct, very, very, almost identical to the one that you are now riding. But a lot bigger. But a lot bigger, and a lot scarier, and completely overtaken and corrupted with gloom. And Minru's like, hey, that's that's my construct. That was my greatest achievement. And it seems like Ganondorf in, in the upheaval knew that this thing was going to be integral to Minru's plan, so took it over with his gloom before she could get to it. And that explains why she could not get because that was probably the construct she had already built to yeah. put her spirit into when Link woke up, but it got corrupted before she could, so she was just stuck in the pure pad the whole time before yeah. Link could make her new body. It's really cool. Yeah, this is a bit of a gimmick boss. So explain it, Tyler. So boxing you, match. So I brought I had stuff attached to Minoru before I went in there. As did I. And that made things extremely easy. Yeah. Uh, so what you do? Yeah. What you? Yeah. Go ahead. You. You can explain. Pur- Frontet's purposes. What you do is you hit this boss. I think three times. Kind of like mini stagger it. But when you hit it, it doesn't do a lot of damage. The damage comes because the outside of the boxing ring is all Im- imbued in shock like, emitters and electric. Yeah. Which obviously does a lot of damage to things that are like mechs. So you hit it into the hit it into the ring that's where a lot of the damage comes from and you just rinse and repeat through the multiple phases when i staggered it i would hop off it bullet time with bomb arrows and shoot it back that way oh see i didn't do that i did stay on minoru the whole time i was i I was actually getting really frustrated i was like what the fuck did he do with it like i'm doing nothing i i did this is the only boss i died to actually because i didn't know what to do at first yeah, I didn't die, but I was just, I, I had a shit ton of food and I was just eating. But like, I was like, because I'm like, okay, there's nothing a bomb arrow can't solve in this game. Like, <laughs> that'll, that'll do something, and lo and behold, it did. I did not. So event, I just sort of stumbled into it eventually because I had a cannon on 
Minoru's arm when I went in. Cannons are helpful in this fight. And I shot it, and that immediately staggers it. So I was like, okay, I'll just go up and I'll, I don't know, maybe I hit it. And then I hit it, and it sent it back into the thing. I was like, oh, that's That's what you do. do. Uh, But you actually don't need to take anything in with you because you will knock parts off of this thing that you can then attach to your own mech to use against it. Uh, but there are two phases to this boss. The first boss is pretty standard. It's just this, you know, you're on the ground mech and you're just sort of slap boxing each other. But... Literally, literally slap boxing. Yeah. Second phase, the the enemy construct more, grows more arms. Grows right? like two more arms. It has like six arms at this point. It's like, yeah, four to six arms and it like attaches rockets and fans to its arms to levitate in the air while shooting cannons down at you, which in hindsight is really, really cool. Just not very dangerous as it looks. No. Uh, basically just do this. You can just, I use my cannons. I just shot it out of the air. Yeah, exactly. But eventually you do become victorious. You get a heart container. Oh, when you knock, when you do a certain amount of damage, don't those pieces fall off of that? And yes. You and then, them to you? And yes. And you attach them to yourself and you can then fight back against it with its own yes. weaponry, which is really cool. You know, cool yep. in concept in practice. Eh, it's okay. Miffy. But yeah. you defeat the, corrupted construct the walls fall you get a heart container as usual and all the gloom goes away as well which is great yeah and then you go and you get the secret stone in which you see minoru fly minoru spirit flies out of the pier pad into the secret stone and then you get another vision like you do at the end of every single temple and this is where you get the imprisoning war uh memory memory the the big imprisoning war memory yes and then she talks to you about, you know, what we need to do. And then we come back. And she does then, tell you if you don't have the Master Sword to go get the Master Sword. Exactly, yes. I had the Master Sword at this time. But so uh, she's like, I see you already have gotten the, the Master Sword. Uh, God. And so it's like, on the trail of the Master Sword, quest, and then immediately completes it for you. Yeah, yeah it was great. I But I think that this implies that the next memory is like, the master was like the last thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's also really cool how many different ways, like you can get the master sword in this game. Like you can just stumble upon it tr- truly without activating any quest for it. No, cause the light dragons are the whole time. Yeah. Light dragons are there the whole time. I, I just went to the, I just went to Korok forest. Cause I'm like, if it's going to be anywhere, I'm going to start my search there. Of course. Uh, and the Deku tree, <laughs> the Deku tree is just like, I see it. It's there. I can it's sense it. It's flying. Just put and puts a moving marker on it. And, and, and like, it was at that. Moving. God, I, I couldn't. I'm so glad I experienced the master sword the way I did because I was like, it's moving. What? So I, I like fast traveled to the nearest point where it was. And saw the light. Drag. And I was like, like, where the oh, fuck? Shit. I was like, where the fuck? And I, and I looked up and I was like, no way. Because I, I truly, I, I truly forgot about draconification completely. Yeah, well, should we talk about that now? We and I look, and I looked up, and I, and I, everything just like all three of those like, plot lines at the same time, and my, I didn't cry, but my heart just fucking sank to the bottom of my stomach when I saw so, that. So I think that's a good time to finish up these memories. Let's finish. It's, it's a great tie-in. Let's head so, back to the memories. Uh, in the present day, we have given Minoru a body. We have the well, not yet. Uh, and in the present, in the past, we have sealed Ganondorf, but there's still much to do. Yes. Um, Minoru's Zelda's perfectly fine. 
Um, the sages are in pretty bad shape, though. But yeah, they're alive, but they're they got fucked up. So at the Forgotten Temple on the Sky Island, not the I Forgotten Temple, tem- Temple of Time. T- t- sorry, sorry, it's okay. It's okay. At, at one of the many temples in this game, uh, yeah. that happened to be this one happens to be in the sky. Yeah, uh, a master sword in time. Uh, as Zelda worries about the Demon King breaking free in the future, a decayed master sword appears before her, delivering the news to Zelda that Link is safe in her time. This helps Zelda realize the reason behind her traveling to the ancient days of Hyrule. She finally knows what she must do. And at that point, I was like, that's when I texted you, like, I'm 99.9% sure this is what's happening. Because you were ahead of me at this point. I was, uh, I was ahead and I knew what was happening. <laughs> yeah. So, like, let's just keep, let's just keep going down because we can talk about all these at once because they kind of tie into each other. Uh, next memory is critical decisions. Zelda informs Minoru that she has come up with a plan to restore the Master Sword by performing an act that Minoru herself has said is expressively forbidden. It will consume Zelda's sense of self, but the princess insists that she'll make the ultimate sacrifice. Minoru is gravely opposed, but promises to help to the best of her abilities. And then this is where I saw the question of if Minoru play along podcast mentioned this. So shout out to them. I was listening to that episode today. Um, Kai mentioned why didn't Minoru just swallow the stone if she's already going to die basically. And it's because she doesn't have the power of light. That wouldn't, that's not enough to fix the sword because I I think we, I think we almost have to talk about the memory that we get when we get, I I was going to, I was going to. Yeah. so, So go for it. Um, yeah, uh, continuing on. Tears of the Dragon. After leaving the Puripad in Minoru's care, which is how Minoru is in the Puripad. She's a Poe in the Puripad, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zelda swallows a secret stone, holding a hope for Link's future in her heart. And like this, this like I knew it was going to happen, but that like shocked me when she swallowed the stone. Yeah. As bright light washes over her, Zelda transforms into the light dragon, roaring as she ascends into the sky. Tears fall from her eyes and rain from the heavens as the light dragon vanishes into expanse of to an expanse of clouds, which still like is a shockingly like very well directed scene. It's so dark. It's it's, it, it's so dark. horrific. Like it's like yeah, Ganondorf's gone, but like I I think we lost. Yeah, like Zelda. I mean, it, tr- it truly, truly shows the fucking that Zelda is taking after her ancestors and how she rules this kingdom. Mm-hmm. She no, no, no hesitation, really. There's a little as as yeah. as anyone would hesitate in the situation. She takes a deep breath. Yeah, but she. She goes through with it almost without a second thought. And, you know, she, the only, it, it's insane because she, she eats Link, it. And protect, then like, protect them all. it's like the air out of the, out of the environment around her was sucked away. Oh, like the, yeah. Like the, the music stops, like there's no audio. It's just, it's just her. And, and then, then her, she says Link. And then her eyes start darting around almost in like this daze. And then she erupts in light from within, and she, it just looks so painful. Like she's barely, she's barely able to reach out for the master sword, the decayed master sword, to clutch yeah. it to her chest. And she doesn't think for a second about herself. She screams out for Link to protect them all, the people as her of lights, Hyrule. As her eyes turn purple. 
and she and which is truly horrifying. True, it's just it's like eldritch. It's like turning into something inhuman and like incomprehensible. It's it's really terrifying when you when you think about it. Yeah, and the four sages of each region kind of just like watch defeated. Yeah, like, they watch and you did, like this is like this was really the best we could do. And you hear because you know the dragon's theme has that particular like in string instrument to it. Yeah. You hear theme. you hear Zelda's lullaby in that instrument as she ascends into the sky. And as she ascends into the sky, twelve tears break off her eye, and that's where That's where the dragon tears come that's from. Where the dragon tears come from. That's how that's how we know. And she's and it says she's lost her sense of self, so she does she 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 doesn't remember what happened. In the past, presumably, no. but yeah, Zelda, the Light Dragon, has the Master Sword, which yes, what bookends these memories, and I believe the Master Sword itself. Yeah, I believe when you when you see the tears of the dragon, one, no matter where you are, you will see the Light Dragon fly over you. Like you'll hear the roar, and you'll look, and Link will look up, and we'll see the Light Dragon flying yes. overhead. Yes, that's and it cries again. It sheds more tears. Yes, but that is that is only after the Master Sword is because now you know you know where the Master Sword is. Yep. So now I just need to get to it. Go get it. So two things happen when well, so if you went to the forest, you can't go to the forest through the Breath of the Wild route. There is a chasm, and you go to the forest through the depths, and you ascend up through the light roof. Basically, is how I think you're supposed to do it, which is how I did it anyway. And you get to the forest, and everything is just still. Like, it's nothing's happening. Like, yeah. no life. Very ocarina-y. The Deku Tree not looking well. Says its stomach hurts. It belly, has a belly ache. So you go inside the Deku Tree. And there's another dive. chasm inside the Deku Tree. <laughs> yeah, you dive straight into its large intestine <laughs> and fight Gloom Hands and fight a Phantom Ganon and cure the gloom that's been plaguing the tree. And you talk to the tree now that's awake and Korra Force is alive again. And it's just like, yeah, I can sense the Master Sword. Oh, shit, it's moving. It's moving, yeah. Yeah, I, I, this is weird. You should go check it out. Like Tyler said, the marker on your map shows where the Light Dragon's location is, which the Light Dragon's pretty strict to like five areas on the map. So it's not hard to find her at all. It's but, sort of... What I've seen of the path is she sort of does a border, like a sort of like over all of the geoglyphs. She sort of does an outline of Hyrule over the geoglyphs. Yeah, she's not hard to find. She's definitely the most frequent dragon that appears for sure. Yeah. Which, you know, is very helpful when you want to upgrade your champion's leathers because her, her scales and fangs have come in handy for that. Yeah, but. she also doesn't go into the depths. The other dragons fucking dive into the depths. Yeah, she she, she wants no part of the depths. No yeah. part of that. But yeah, that is that is how I... Got the Master Sword. I, I went to the tree and I was like... That's... Yeah, that's what I did. But yeah, you... No matter how you find it... I, this is how I also found out you can walk on the dragons now. Oh my god, it's so... It's the coolest thing ever. But like, I, I was up there and I was like... I was looking down and there's this beautiful aurora of like blue and gold coming out of the Master Sword. The Master Sword is like embedded... In the head of the light dragon. In the forehead of the light dragon. And, you know, you have to jump, you have to drop down on, 
on the like dragon's head and walk around. But pulling it. on it hurts it. Like yeah, like it seems to be very discomforting for the light dragon as you're trying to pull out the sword, uh, and you need stamina for this. Whereas in Breath of the Wild, you needed hearts. In Tears of the Kingdom, you need a you need two stamina wheels. Yeah. To pull out the master sword. I think as a whole, you need less shrines in this game. Yeah. But still, you need stamina, which is a cool twist. But yeah, so and you as you pull and try to hold on to the master sword as the light dragon is bobbing its head, trying to knock you off. Uh eventually, if you do have enough stamina, you will you actually won't pull it out just yet. The light dragon will let out a scream, seemingly the pain will stop, and the light dragon will ascend with Link on its head into the clouds. And they sort of I don't know if they enter like another realm or if it's not the last time we're going to see this realm. Yeah. Or if they just sort of, uh, if it's just sort of the sky that, that at a certain light at a certain time of day, at a certain altitude, but you just enter this expanse of golden clouds and it's just you and the light dragon and you are above Mm -hmm. everything. You can't see a single thing below the clouds and the light dragon's hairs that were once so tightly gripping the Master Sword's blade fall away and you see a golden extension of the blade from the Master Sword. And at this point, there's no resistance. Link just walks over and gently pulls the Master Sword out, holds it in front of him as the theme begins to play, the Master Sword theme. And these golden, this golden blade is revealed to be covered in these like golden petals and they begin to peel away. And underneath is not the same metal blade that the Master Sword was, but a vibrant Zonai green crystal blade that has made up the damaged portions of the Master Sword. And Link holds the blade aloft as the Master Sword theme plays at the top of the Light Dragon. Yeah, and inherits a new name as well, the Revitalized Sword of Legend. Which is badass, but which is badass, but you uh, also receive a memory here. Yeah, you see two memories actually. Um, yes, first one I think is Zelda's wish, which is basically after Zelda becomes the dragon, it's like her in this same realm we're in now. Basically, uh, it says Zelda's clutches the decayed master sword close to her chest and calls to Link, hoping that the sword which she's suffusing with new power can find a way to him somehow, which implies that it took her all these years to finally be able to restore the sword's power to f- not even, not res- not even restore it, but ju- make it, make it more powerful. It yeah. And you see, she refers, she refers to the master sword as she mm-hmm. five fee is, is in the sword still. And, and Zelda can hear her again. Yeah. She could actually hear her when, the decayed master sword first came to the past and she heard it in breath of the wild and she, and she heard it briefly in breath of the wild, but now it seems like she has, she's truly like link. You like, she calls the master sword, your sword. It's links sword. Mm-hmm. And that she hopes and prays that she can get it to him in the future somehow. And, th- and this scene is the culmination of what we've heard since like the second trailer of the game of the game link, you must find me. The reason that you need to find her is because this is because of the master sword. 
you need to get the revitalized Master Sword from her to defeat Ganondorf. And I believe if you return to the Korok Forest with the sword in hand, well, first of all, after Link sees this memory, he sheaths the Master Sword, and the two just sort of fly through this... For an, for an undetermined amount of time, they fly through this golden expanse of clouds before Zelda drops him off, or sorry, the Light Dragon, drops him off at the Temple of Time once more and flies off. Mm-hmm. And the Master Sword quest finishes. And it officially enters your inventory. And I think where you were going is when you have the sword, the first memory plays. Yeah, I think, is it when you return to the Korok Forest? I just have in the notes, it's unlocked after you get the sword. Like, this doesn't play until after you get the sword. Yeah, well, this 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 is this memory that you get when you get the Master Sword, after you get it, is the... It Breath of the Wild implication. It's Breath of the Wild implications, and it, it, sh- it kind of kicks off. It kind of shows why Zelda did all this. Because it's not immediately clear. Kind of foreshadowing, kind of hindsight. Yeah, because, I, the, I, because the description is uh, the Master Sword's power. Link recovers the Master Sword in the Lost Woods after it's been restored. This is prior to this is prior to the, the second memory in this list is the Awake, which is the first scene in the game when everything goes to hell. Yeah, but, this is before they even go down into the castle depths and find. This, might, this thing is before, this might be before like Gloom's a thing. Uh, yeah. Link recovers the Master Sword in the Lost Woods after it's been restored from the battle with the Calamity. Uh, Zelda's astonished to learn that from the Deku Tree that the Master Sword will become even stronger when flooded with sacred power. Yeah, so this scene does some good lore for the Master Sword, specifically. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, for Breath of the Wild, it looks like Link, after... I, I wonder if he did the Master Sword trials in canon. Like, I wonder if that's actually like a canon thing he did. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, but even still, like... If it is canon, that means that the Master Sword still had to be revitalized even after all of that powering up it did in the Master Sword Trials. That's how bad Ganondorf destroyed it. Yeah, or that's just how bad like the malice affected it, I, I suppose, after years of like not using it. Yeah. like Theoretically, Link must have woken up like when he got the Master Sword. It must have not even been done healing fully in the pedestal of the Korok Forest, which is crazy. It was, yeah, was pretty jacked up. It seems like... After the events of Breath of the Wild, he puts the sword back in the pedestal for it to heal, overseen by the Deku Tree. And, you know, Zelda thanks the Deku Tree. He's like, hey, that wasn't me. That I'm just over, I'm just watching it heal. And she says... I'm just a tree, dude. She says, it's astonishing, a blade that can heal itself no matter how much it is damaged. And the Deku Tree says it can do more than heal. The blade, if bathed in sacred power, will continue to grow stronger. In theory, the mac- there is no maximum strength of the Master Sword. Which it will just continue. Yeah. If you just soak it in enough sacred power, it will continue to get stronger forever. Just a limitless power. And he says it's truly the work of a goddess because it was the goddess Hylia that had originally crafted the sword alongside, obviously later, the, the Hero of the Skies. And... Zelda looks at it and says, you know, a sword that grows ever stronger, the master sword, and he fucking sheets it in that goddamn sheet. <laughs> so cool. So fucking our cool. Guy, our fucking guy. Our fucking dude is back with the master sword. And that is what happened. That's why Zelda says in these memories, 
I know I am what I must do now. It's something only I can do. Because she has the power of not only time, but light. And that's where this, this big old loop gets tied together. And the only way to get Link, the only way to beat the Demon King is to... Because it's like, how do, how do you suffuse the Master Sword with that much sacred power over that much time to fully get it strong enough to beat the Demon King? And the answer was... Send it the, back time. The answer was the long way. Yeah, Zelda really. literally had to turn it into an immortal dragon and just wait and constantly pour her sacred energy into that sword. But as a dragon, she probably had no idea that she was even doing it anymore. No. Like, it was just kind of part of the ordeal. At that and that means... That the light dragon has been around since the founding of Hyrule and was there in Breath of the Wild. We just never saw it. There were two. Ze- never parted. There were two Zeldas. There were two Master Swords in the same time. Timelines, baby. Gotta love it. But you know, for, that is, you know, for a team that doesn't give a shit about the story and literally made this entire game and then put a story in it after, they do a lot of lore confusing stuff they do a lot they they do a lot to confuse you but this is sort that's where the loop sort of ends because now that's how zelda got back she literally just waited yeah and that is the last of the memories that is the full that's it context yeah um so now oh sorry uh what, One more thing. The sorry, the last tier was what's the last memory when you get all the geoglyphs? It's it's the tears of the dragon. Yes, that's the last one. That's that's, that's the last, last one. number twelve. So yeah, we. It's not the last one chronologically, but it's the last one you will receive when you do all the geoglyphs, and that sort of pieces together. It's the together. last, of the narrative one, basically. Yes, and I, I think yeah. I think we have to talk because it's not there usually. But once you get all the geoglyphs, you see the light dragon, and it sheds one. It sheds a tear into that little spiral sort of case. Yeah, tears of the dragon, and it, it lands right in the middle. And you go over there, and you get the, and you see that memory, and you see Zelda sacrifice and turned into the light dragon. And when you come out of the memory, like fifty silent princesses have bloomed all around you in the time that you were looking at the memory. I didn't pick any of them. I, I picked. I picked them all. No, I, I felt like I need all. I, had, these no, I felt like I had like I want to take them with me. You know I'm what I mean? Cry with these. Just hold them. Just just, just, just hold love, them. I don't think I, I think you cared more than Link did, which we can get into. But we will talk about that later. Yes. But I, I've seen uh, I've seen some people like they go up on the light dragon and they like put silent princesses in the in the light dragon's hair that killed me more than anything. You have people putting you have two two types of people: one that'll put silent princesses in the hair, and the other that built a house on her. Yeah, head. built a house to live <laughs> to with, live, her, live, live in. Yeah. Anyway, but yes. Are we now ready you, to are we ready to fight Ganondorf? I think so, we're ready to fucking go, dude. Like are we, we have, ready to end this. Well, no, not exactly. I'm, and and Ganondorf, that is. Are we ready to kill him? Yeah, we're not ready yet because even when you have the sage. Even when you even when you have, have the sword. Minaret, you have the sword, you go back and everyone's like, 
We still don't know where he is. Link's like, guys, we know. I didn't. I, I truly was like, ah, shit, I don't know. That, that's a good point. I don't know where so, they even start looking. But this is why they should have made the Koga thing a main quest. It, it was for me. Like it was for, a side adventure. It was a side adventure, but for me, it was sort I, of the I, I main. I did all of them. I did all four of them. So did I, but it was sort of the main quest because I didn't. I did not fuck with the depths like at all. Like if I didn't have to be down there, I wasn't down there. Uh, I fought the first Koga boss and then I fucked off because I was like, nah, I'm scared of this place. But I, now that I have like 18 hearts and a full stamina wheel and like just weapons out the ass, I, I've been back down there a lot. But now yeah. that I'm decked out, I'm ready to go back down there. But at first, I'm like, I want no part. Yeah, but Pura, when I went back after getting everything, she was like who would it was another like open-ended thing it was like who would know where the demon king is and i'm like oh i didn't get this yeah i i this is what i did this is what i got because i i didn't i truly didn't know where to look uh because i'm dumb uh but <laughs> Go, you see that she giant said, castle in the sky Go jump below it she said like where where would he be and at this point i hadn't even like done anything with josh's quest line i i did like the robbie thing but when she said that, I was like, oh, my fucking God, that fat bastard probably knows where he is. So this is the point in the game where I went down and I just like did every single. Yeah, I went down there. Beat I went to the different dude. mines. I did the. Di- I loved Koga boss fights in this game. Oh, they were so good. He just used all the zone like he used Ultra Hand against you. Essentially, it was so great. I, I loved it. I wish he was more. I definitely wish he was more active in the story. But f- to me, he kind of was. Um, oh, he 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 was way more relevant in this game than in Breath of the Wild for sure. Yeah, because like he is like the king of the depths. Like for context, <laughs> yeah, when you when you beat Koga in Breath of the Wild and you fell down that giant pit in the oh, back yeah. of his base, he didn't die. He fell into the depths, and the Yiga clan have relocated down there and have been down uh, for six years. They've down there for six years, and the depths is this like underworld of Hyrule that's always been there. There's some like unique fauna down there. Yeah, it's let's, this talk entire, about, let's let's talk about the depth. It's this entire world underneath the surface world. It's very much like the dark world in you know uh, a link to the past. Uh, but you go down there, and it's it's a, and it's an exact mirror of the above world in geography, where there are mountains in the surface world. There are pits. And valleys, like the geography is exactly mirrored, and it's a it's so sick. Yeah. And so if you if you'll indulge me, I'll read off what I have in, in the notes here. Go go right. for it. Go for it. All right. So Tears of the Kingdom was marketed as a journey both in the skies above and on the ground below uh, of Hyrule. Uh, this led to literally everybody being shocked and impressed by the discovery of the depths. The Depths is the underworld of this game. It is without a doubt one of the most amazing things done in video games from a design standpoint. Not because of its existence, but because of how it exists. It directly parallels every single inch of the surface world. Valleys, waterways, peaks, they all exist in a nature that would make sense in the real world. Where you see mountains on the surface world, valleys exist in the same place in the Depths. Where shrines and towers were in Breath of the Wild are now entrances to the Depths. Implying that Sheikah technology got buried underground. Not that we can actually find it. Because I fucking hunted the Divine Beast down here. Yeah. <laughs> in this game where shrines are on the surface, structures called light roots are directly below, which give you the source of light for the underworld. Uh, the Yiga clan and Master Koga have made their home down here and even have found ways to build zone devices and use the technology to their advantage without Ultra Hand. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find Yiga bases all over the depths, and taking them on usually gives you crystallized charges and schematics that you can use with auto build. Uh, the depths also features plenty of challenges combat-wise. Specific bosses such as Frox can be down can be found down here, as well as the four primary dungeon bosses. When a Blood Moon rises upon their defeat, they will respawn in a Coliseum-like structure where you can rechallenge them for 100 crystallized charges. Monster camps exist down here as well, and many times are worth battling because of the resource hall you can get. And as mentioned with the narrative, the Fire Temple and Spirit Temple are down in the depths below. But I, I'm not kidding when I say I think the depths is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in a video game. Like, like I played. That like, I played. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Like, And it wasn't marketed at all, which is insane. Not at all. Like, we saw... Like looking back at the trailers, we saw like they just two put you know about art today. Yeah, we saw two clips. We saw like Gordon, Garandia briefly, but, no, but and like, we were like, "Oh, cool, Fire Temple." We weren't thinking, "Oh, that's underground in this massive underworld." Yeah, like when I got down there and you hear the fucking like horn that blasts when you enter the depths, and I looked at my map and I was <laughs> and I saw there was entire other world. I was like. Like a shiver went up my spine. Like it was truly that impressive. And it's just like there's so much content down here. Like it's not oh, that yeah. barren. Like everywhere where there's like an important like place of interest on the surface, there's probably something equally as interesting down in the depths. For sure. And you can mind this is where you apparently the Zonai live down here too. Along Zonites. with a lot of the other races. The Zonites down here, all the DLC items are down here. Yeah, like this like is where they said, mine. The dungeon bosses are down here, which is so cool. Like, oh, I want to hear the Colgara theme. Oh, I'll just go fight them. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. There and get charges out of it for the battery. Which do you mean. think? I don't. This can't be correct. But do you think that the 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 main dungeon bosses are native to the depths? Like and they're like, they're and nat- brought them up to haunt the temples. Yeah. Do you think they're like native creatures of the depths? I don't know how else they got there because in Breath of the Wild, the blights are sent to the divine beasts when the calamity happens. So it would make sense that during the upheaval, they just got brought up to the depths. Like, why wouldn't that just brought up from the depths to the Stormwind Arc, the Lightning Temple, the Water Temple, and the Fire? Or temple? that would make sense to me. Or Marble Gum was like easy commute. Yeah, I'm exactly. On my, I'm on my way, Chief. Or Ganondorf may have just made extras and just stored them down here, ah, just in case. <laughs> just in case you make multiple copies yeah but god the depths are so cool and there's so much to talk about in the depths like the like the Poe statues and like the oh those are different I'm doing the compendium like the the, the armor there's like fallen soldier silhouettes on these like rocks and yeah. they're holding different like they're holding claymores and stuff you see in the service world but they're different they're not decayed they're, yeah no they're, they're pristine not decayed. yeah they're which because I, I I didn't learn that till today. I'm like, oh, like, this knight's claymore is 34 damage just base. That's insane. And I put together two and two. I'm like, oh my god, it never decayed. Yeah, they were. They were maybe, down I should, here maybe I should maybe I should get my down here. Yeah, it's just it's insane. And, and you're not going to find a friendly face down here. Like, no, everyone's every right. single every single friendly face you see is a Yiga clan member in disguise. If it's, if, it's, if it's a traveler, it's a Yiga clan. If it's a monster, it's definitely a monster. But there are these There's weird no, like it's almost those, like, oh, the, the zone eye constructs help you. The yeah. Zonite, con- never mind. Yeah, you're right. The Zonite constructs help you, but there's like, there's this material called Zonite down here that can be used to make a bunch of different, you know, Zonite contraptions and fill out your, um, your your power cells so that your battery lasts longer when you activate Zonite constructions. The Froxes are terrifying. They the, eat you. 
They and they eat, eat you. Bloom, and you eat your bright bloom seeds. Yeah. Uh, the Yiga. Uh, the different, like, puzzles and temples down here that mirror the surface world are so cool. The Yiga down here have set up bases and are piloting vehicles to attack you with. That you can then take and they give you all the build schematics for it, which is very helpful. Yeah, they give you build schematics for the for their vehicles. Uh, you can find their notebooks down here to learn a bit more about how they've researched the Zonai. Uh, it's amazing. But I, I do think the highlight is the Koga storyline. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely the shot. Underneath all of... Yeah. Which we do have in the notable side quests. Yeah, game. underneath all of the... Uh, the major settlements of Hyrule, there are ma- massive mines that were used in ancient times to mine Zonite. I think you uh, wrote this portion if you want to read it. Uh, where am I? Where am I on this again? I think you wrote this portion of it. Oh, Master Koga. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. The true villain of this game lives on. Upon reaching the abandoned central mine in the depths just underneath uh, Lookout Landing in the center of Hyrule... Link comes across two researchers inspecting a deactivated Zonai construct, unsuccessfully trying to activate it. When Link uses his arm to wake up the construct, he is granted the auto-build ability, allowing him to save previously built machines and instantly create them at a moment's notice, using Zonai to create any pieces that aren't present for the build. The two researchers are astounded, but quickly shift their tone as they are revealed to be disguised members of the fearsome Yiga clan. And joined by their side is the one, the only, Master Koga. Koga recognizes Link, calling him his mortal enemy, and saying that he was the reason he was cast down into the depths in the first place. He's not wrong. Koga vows to take his revenge and to assist the Magnificent One, he calls it, in reviving an ancient weapon, with which he will help to destroy the world. Without any further delay, the Master uses his barriers to set up a battle arena, summons a full-on car and tries to turn Link into roadkill. It's the best. really mad at Link for taking the auto-build power, since apparently the Yika have had to painstakingly construct Zonai vehicles by hand this whole for, time. For like six, seven years. And Link can just do it. Snap his finger. There is not a bigger loss in this game for voice acting not Koga. being in this game than fucking Koga. His voice acting in Age of Calamity was great. Because in Age of Calamity, he He's was... so good. He steals the show. He steals the show, and in this game, he like, ugh, I need like. There's voice acting in this Could game. You imagine but, if he said the line I have down here. Like, it, it, he says, like, he calls Link icing and says that he's after the cake. Could you imagine if he voice acted that? That would be bars, I, dude. Bar City. It's not. I don't even think it's the same voice actor as Age of Calamity for his like grunts and shit in this game. Yeah, like such a miss. Like, like oh it, my god, Age of Calamity Koga is literally the greatest character ever. I he's so I I quoted it. I quoted his lines for like two weeks I, on Twitter. God, I miss it. But anyway, I gotta find that quote, the direct quote. No, I uh, Link must avoid Koga's repeated drive-by attempts and hop onto literally. the vehicle at the right moment to deal damage to Koga until he eventually defeats him. Koga is infuriated, but states that this is only a minor setback and that he will destroy Link when they meet again. He summons a fan plane and flies away into the darkness. 
The, con- the construct Link activated earlier tells him that Kogus seemed to be heading in the direction of another abandoned mine, and gives Link a schema stone for a fan plane to give chase. Link can also unlock a Zonite refinery here to trade in Zonite for crystallized charges. He also declares Link to be Ising, as it is the cake Koga's really after. Bars. Trying to find trying to find it. But yes, this uh this sort of formula travels uh for the rest of the abandoned mines that you find Koga at. Uh he's basically trying to activate Zonite constructs unsuccessfully. Yes. You you come up, you surprise him, and he does battle with you, but then he I, says, like, no, we already and he he reveals that he is that he and the Yiga are collecting crystallized charges to power something. So obviously there's some sort of Zonai artifact down here that they have that they are trying to power. But he's always like, haha, we've already gathered everything in this in this area, so you actually didn't do shit, Link. See you later, loser. Koga Koga said, quote, I thought that power might make things easier, but it's just icing. I'm after cake. Yeah, no, fucking so good. I, if he said that line. That would easily be in, like, the quotes channel for, like... Uh, it's in my quotes channel, which is nice. Oh, God. Yeah, now you're making me sad because I never thought about Koga being voice acted in this game. I'm sorry. No, it's just it's just destroying me, but... Yeah, but yeah Koga... Go for it. It's a car, like, a ship. Like, a, uh, you fight on water. And, and then a plane. Yeah, and a, a plane. plane. And there's one other one that I'm just... It might have been, like, another car structure or some sort. Like a tank, almost, I think it is. What? motorcycle i don't know there's two there's two wheeled structures one ship because the ship has two yiga archers on them you take your yeah, archers first yeah. and then you that might be my favorite one just chasing around the water <laughs> yeah that was really fun the, the the these fights are the most innovative by far they're, they're the most fun to play like they're not hard but god they're no, so fun they're just fun to play and fun to look at and like you can't believe it's happening koga's music's great as it's playing as he's you see his character like turning the wheel on these, these yeah these <laughs> on the control stick. These vehicles he's way too big for. Yeah, and, and oh, the plane is so cool because he attaches like a flamethrower underneath it, so he like yeah. gets real low and tries to burn Link as he's running on the ground, and you have to use a spring or some other method to launch yourself into the air to Bullet knock him off. Yeah. God, it's so cool. So but cool. it's it's kind of reminiscent of the like the pilot wing section of the Fire Temple. Like they just didn't do enough with with. Oh yeah, idea. like when you fought. Marble Goma. Oh, not Marble Goma. Moragia. That's it. Yeah, the three-headed dragon at the top of uh, Mount Death Mountain. Yeah, which so uh, yeah. Again, like the Koga storylines, I think my favorites. I I've done. We'll get to this later. I've done fifty-five of the sixty side adventures. The Koga one's my favorite. Yeah, but once you once you chase Koga back, back him into a corner. Or so you think, because you chase him down to the final abandoned mine, and he is abandoned Hebert mine. He's meditating. He's waiting for you. He, his <laughs> energy, his energy truly is kind of different in this scene. Like he it's actually, he, he sort of drops his goofy like pretext and actually is like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." Uh, so he says, "Like, behold, this is where you find. This is where I found out." He was like. I will take this weapon and head into the deepest depths beneath Hyrule Castle where the Demon King awaits. And I was like, that's how I know where he is. That's the Magnificent One. That's the Magnificent One. But before, first of all, Ganondorf definitely doesn't know that Koga exists. Which, oh, fuck no. He'd kill him immediately. He, he would kill Koga immediately. <laughs> immediately. For sure. I am also very sad that Astor nor Suga appear in this story. I I'm think sad they would we never been... found out what the big weapon was. 
This is the big weapon was the mech. Oh, that's right, because Koga's in the mech. That was the fourth one. Yeah, Koga summons what the seems to be basically. another Minoru construct, but this time it's decked out in like Yiga paraf- like Yiga iconography. Could you, could you fucking imagine Ganondorf like trying to take over Hyrule and next to him is Master Koga <laughs> driving a, a, a fucking mech? Like I, to, like that mech's not going to destroy the world. It's not. Does it's not that impressive. That's but, what you were saving all these charges for. But it's, it is kind of imposing. It's like, oh shit, this is like, this is some real shit. This is some real power, Koga. Yeah, so, good job, dude. You did it. I had Minoru with me. I want. I'm pretty sure you can fight this without Minoru, though. I did. I did fight this without Minoru. How'd you do that? Did you just bomb Marilyn? Pretty sure. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure exactly what I did. Because I, I fought him on the car ride to Pennsylvania. So I was in handheld. So I'm like, I wasn't uh, the way I can do this. I'm like, I'm here. I'm to death. Yeah, but it, it's the same thing as the other construct fight. You sort of just, you have to knock him into the, uh, into the electrified walls and he will fall out of the mech and then you can fight. You can hurt his body. Uh, but... This isn't really a carbon copy, exactly, because he combines the mech's abilities with his Yiga abilities. He creates force shields in front of his face. He creates the the big metal balls and throws them at Link. Uh, you know, he's really pulling out all the stops to murder you. But Literally kill you. Of course, we are the hero of the wilds, and we kick his ass anyway. And once again, they cannot have Koga have a dignified defeat. Oh. As he summons his real ultimate weapon, the Koga Rocket, which is just, it's just a metal pole with like a shit ton of Zonai rockets on it. Literally. And he, and he like, he's like, prepare to die, and he like trips over himself, and his fingers drop, and it seems like his fingers like telepathically control the rocket, so the rocket points down at him, and then activates, and he gets fucking launched. launched. Back up to the surface world. Yeah, he seemingly doesn't die, which is great. Yeah, we, no, I don't want no, him to die. Him Please keep him around. But he says he vows his revenge and rockets team rockets off into the team surface. Rocket blasts away again. So that's the Koga storyline, and that's how most people I feel like found out where Ganondorf was. Yeah, I mean that's how I did, like for sure. Like I, knew I think I, I went. Knew. I think I went down. I think the reason I didn't realize is that I went down beneath Hyrule Castle, but I. I didn't I got to a room and I thought it was the end. Like I didn't even get into like the underground castle part of it. I got you to a room where there was like a bunch of Yeah. Yeah, I got to the I got to the part where there were a bunch of like uh horriblins in the room. But I never I never found the the hole that led further down. So I I thought like, oh, this is just the the end. Okay. That's a little anticlimactic, and then I left. But oh, then no. But now that we know where the Demon King is, we have all the sages, we have the Master Sword, we have all the memories, it is, is now it time to destroy Ganondorf. To descend. You go back and report to Pyrrha where Ganondorf is, and she says, you have everything you need, do me a favor, punch the Demon King right in the hit him, hit the Demon King right in the face for me. Gotcha, uh, we'll do. Again, or not really again. Also, we didn't, we didn't say in the memory section, in the geoglyph section, if you go into the for, Forgotten Temple, you can find, like, a map of where all the geoglyphs are. I That was really cool. That was sick. I was like, this is fucking cool. That, that's When I saw that, 
That was the first that's place lore. I went. At, that's lore. I was like, that's lore. And that was when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm getting all these now. So that's when I did it. And then you do tell Impa what happened. Like yeah. you tell Impa that Jeez. Zelda's the light dragon. Yeah. yeah, shit, that sucks. She she seems like distraught. And she I guess it's Kakariko to find out what to do. Yeah, but she immediately like jumps into action, like, no, no. She she goes doing it into denial. Like, there's gotta be a way to turn her back. Like, there's no way she's the princess is like this forever. I I refuse to accept it. And then that kind of ends her arc in this game. That kind of ends the arc. She goes back and she begins thinking of a way. But truly, she's powerless to do anything. Yeah. I just think that she should. I, th- I just think people should be more distraught that Zelda, Princess of Hyrule, is seemingly is gone not forever. Coming back. Not coming back. Yeah, you think there'd be a more somber tune? Yeah, like, like I, I wanted tears. I wanted like gasps of horror. But like, pot. even we even tell Pura, and she's like, "Eh, we gotta, we gotta kill the Demon King, though." I mean, it's she's like, not wrong, but it's like this sucks. Yeah, like, oh, we'll talk about Link's reaction soon, but, like, God, I've, I've never been more mad at Link in my life, I think, than that moment. I've never been mad at a guy who goes through so much in my entire life. Like, it just, uh, he's fought two I can, calamities in six years, and Tyler's just pissed at him. Like, I know, I know that the calamity, like, seemingly fucked him up, like, at least that's the there's no outward evidence of that, I don't think, but that's what a lot of people say happened. But like this is Zelda, dude. Like as soon as he's as soon as he sees that as soon as he sees that memory, he I he should be not as nonchalant as he it's was. It's funny because he kind of gives some facial expression in this Ganondorf fight that we're gonna get to. Like he gives a little bit. He does, but like truly it's not even Ganondorf's fault that we're here right now. Like it, like Zelda's fate, it's it's like very loosely because of Ganondorf, but it's really not. It doesn't feel like it's his fault directly that this happened. Ah, uh, no. So I, I mean, to me anyway. But I, I, I just really did not like Link's lack of reaction to Everything. this. What, what should have been just a horrific and sobering reaction to. The person he has devoted his life to. Now, I would I can also see Link as the person to like not even give it a second thought. Cause like he he knows what he has to do. It's like he knows that the, the princess has knows, done the this. The only thing he knows how to do really is this fight. Is is to fight, yeah. But I I just needed I needed something from him, man. No, I, I definitely agree and I put it in the notes and I'll, I'll read it here because um, I think now is a better time to have the conversation before we wrap up the story. Um, yeah. Uh, you put preach that shit, King. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so my biggest issue, and uh, again, story in a Zelda game is not like what people look for when they play it, but I, I look for, and you know, like especially now in in the Z Link era is what we look for, but. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's I'm echoing what you said is how unbothered Link is with all the events going on around him, uh, especially with Princess Zelda. I get he is a vessel for us, the player as a silent protagonist. We are meant to be put in the shoes of Link, but Link is like this isn't shout out to all my retro gamers. This isn't the 80s and 90s anymore. Like Link's his own character now. Like he's that, was, that yeah, popular. He, he's that important. You can't. There's no more option to name him whatever you want. He is he's Link. He is a character. Like 
he is his own thing at this point. He's no longer this vessel for us as a player. He is just simply the one we control when we play the game. Like, but he has his own story. Like we no longer create it for him. Essentially. It's kind yeah. of like my, is my point with that. But like, these are his, these are his friends. Like these are the people he saved the world with. Like, Riju, Sidon, Tulin, Teba, Yenobo, Zelda, uh, like, but he just doesn't give a lot emotionally. No. And I get that he's not—he's the stoic hero, badass. But like, we just caught him at his lowest point. He just got his arms disheveled, his sword's broken. He's separated from his princess again. He's got to climb all the way back to the top of the mountain. Like this is the, the, this was the time to. To yeah, give like, us something out of him. The, the story, like like the possible story beats that this. He, situ- you don't need a voice to do it. Yeah, that this situation affords. He's been built up over decades as this unflinching decades, stoic years, stoic person. Uh, like Link as a character, not this specific. Like okay, I was about to say this particular eons, like King Rogers, like please save us. Yeah, I mean, this Breath of the Wild. No, like, yeah, no, you're right. Years. Since since 1987 or whatever it was, like, and like he's been like up Skyward Sword Link is extremely expressive. Like Skyward Sword Link, that's why people love that story. Truly showed anguish and heartbreak at being like separated from Zelda at several points in the story. And like Breath of the Wild, Link, there's a similar connection being implied between him and Zelda. And, and the fact I think we that get, I think we get more out of Link in Breath of the Wild than we do in this game, I, for sure. I think we do. I, I think we definitely do. I mean, I think that might be because he's an amnesiac and he doesn't have his memories. But at least in my opinion, him having his memories—I don't know—maybe it reminded him of like the pain of losing everything, and he's maybe he retreated further into himself. And not only that, but then, but now him seeing what's happening in another time that he can't stop. I was about to say control over. You think he'd have a little bit more of an emotional reaction to that? I, I can, I can sort of understand the the argument people make that, like, oh, he's he sort of slipped further into himself after the calamity. I can see that happening. I don't think it's really shown very well, or even implied very well that that's the case. Uh, But I can understand the the sentiment. But like the the possible. Just heart-shattering story beats that you could do if you let him, if you let the mask slip at that moment. And like again, you don't even need like a voice to do it. No, you don't. Like we saw with this game with Zelda's facial reactions, like they have the technology and they can obviously make emotional reactions just through just through facial expression. We saw multiple times with Zelda. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I don't think it's I don't think it's cutting into this stoic badass character that we all know and love if he, he gave us a little bit more. Because at the end of the game, running into it, he still gets that stoic badass moment. Like exactly. you know, just fucking up Eagle's Bane. Truly. Yeah, it's just like if I saw if I saw a tear, if I saw him clench his teeth as he looked up at the light dragon. Anything. After getting that memory, that would have been it. That would have been enough. Or like him, like when he's on the light dragon. I guess it would depend on when you got the memories, though. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, but, but no, but you, I think the the golden opportunity was the, the Tears of the Dragon memory after that. Yes, movie. like he if, sees if all he, the fly over top of him. He sees the Silent Princesses, like like a fist clench, a, a look down, something. No, he like just, uh, instead he's like looking around expression. at the Silent Princesses that are around him. If he like picked one up or something, and was like, mm. it would have been so good. Like I would have cried. Probably my hardest since the Xenoblade 3 ending at that. I truly oh, think I would have lost it. Don't even say that. But. Start crying right now just thinking about it. Yeah, let's not, that, that's not what this is about. But yeah, I also wrote something else here that oh, yeah, sort of, sort, it, it sort of ties in. Is that the story beats in this game aren't exactly dynamic. Like they're dynamic in the, in the order that you can do them. In the order they are made available to you to do. But in terms of information sharing and the effect that those events have on each other, it's not very dynamic. Like if Link gets all the memories before, before doing any of the temples, he just keeps all of that really fucking important information to himself like a jackass. And there's no option for us to tell anyone about anything we learned in the memories until a very specific moment which I think is dumb. Like, why can't the immense freedom of the gameplay extend to the story? Uh, I also had to know, also Jesus Christ, every single post-Temple cutscene is the exact same and no new or different info is ever that's, gained from them no matter which order they're done in. Stupid. That's a true negative. This game is how dumb every post-Temple scene is. But, like, we just needed it once, dude. Like, we get it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I God, the Link is a character conversation is fascinating because, like, I do think it just comes back to like Link is no longer this, you know, you can't name him. You, you, I can't name him Colby. You can't name him Tyler. You can't. You, you, there's no more of that. Yeah. Same thing. With, same thing with Cloud and Final Fantasy. You could name Cloud the 1997 version. You can't do it anymore. Like he is. Yeah. He is Cloud Strife. Like this is Link. Like <laughs> he's just Link and you're going to experience his story, not the story that you are vicariously playing as essentially. Yeah, like he, and truly, there are I think subtleties. That's good. Yeah, like, I think it's great. This, I the, love the character it. Of Link has a clean slate as far as the story goes. Like you can kind of take it in any direction you want. So giving yeah. us something emotionally, I think, would make him a way more like relatable character. Yeah, I mean, they're very subtle with his lore. You know, they no say one, that he there's, there's no there's no one. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off, but there's no one out there who is a 24 seven mute, just badass, and that. The, it doesn't exist in the real world. Whereas you give him some human like elements that I think people could relate to that more. Yeah. Uh, and, and don't worry about cutting me off. I think I've cut you off like so many times during this episode already. I, I know. I know we, we both know at this point. It's not that we just have yeah. ideas and we just got, of course. And I think, I think that makes sense. Like it's also interesting because he's, I think almost the point of his character is to be, not superhuman like he's a force of yeah. of will of courage zelda says that he doesn't back down from any challenge he's super brave like he's kind he all that stuff he make zelda makes him sound very human and real yeah like and and that is the thing because the only time that he is human that he can really probably see himself as human and not just this this person this weapon that needs to stay silent and do his duty is when he's with her. 
And they've done a great job of subtly building up the Hero of the Wild's lore. There was that memory in Breath of the Wild where they talked about his family, about his father being a knight. There's him and his subtle – he has very subtle mannerisms that are so – incredibly small but so like poignant and purposeful in breath of the wild and even in tears of the kingdom too but i don't think there's as many in tears of the kingdom as in breath of the wild and truly they had the chance to really break the rules of his character and like really break down the walls and just drive home the relationship that he has with his princess mm-hmm. but they Not didn't even- not even as a romantic interest, like just as the person he has been appointed to protect for many years. Yeah, even if it's not romantic, which it there are implications that it may be, but even if it's not, which I could accept, mm-hmm. she is still probably the most important person in his life, like ever. And he, like, she's the only one that he can open up to. You don't see him doing that with Sidon or any of the other people he's met around his journeys, but the diary that Zelda keeps shows that it's him. The only other person besides Zelda who's maybe done that was Mipha. Yeah, Mipha, like, wanted to marry the dude. So... But here's, here's, um, from Zelda Sonya memory, um, Zelda on Link. He is a royal knight. He had been originally appointed for my protection. The memory just backed me out. Um, I couldn't find a transcript. But later he became he became a hero by saving both me and Hyrule from a great evil. Uh, Robert says a hero, is he? And Zelda looks... He's, he's so very dedicated and he refuses to back down from any challenge. Um, he is very, he's very strong and his heart is good and true. So... And then Robert says, I can sense you have absolute faith in him. And again, just bringing it back to... Tiny additional world, a little bit like Zelda's Diary of Breath of the Wild is just everything you could ever want and more out yeah. of the lore. Because, like, I'm tomorrow he's appointing him, like, all capital H, like, he, him, I am him. Yeah, just the just the development that they yeah. had in Breath of the Wild was so instrumental in like, like yeah, softening like, these characters to the us. The memory that sticks out in my mind is when he saves her from the Yiga clan and. Like the face, the look on his face is like, try me, bitch. Like, yeah, take, but, a step, stay, take a step closer. I dare you. Yeah, like you see, uh, even in, I was about to say in Breath of the Wild, they really have his stoicism down where I don't think they have it as much down in Tears of the Kingdom. Like his mouth is open just the t- slightest bit. Like he's like taking a deep breath and like getting, like calming himself for battle, yeah. knowing that this, knowing that this moment, that the, that the princess is in active danger after he just murdered one of them that he needs to be like, it doesn't matter that he knows that he might even know that he's stronger than these guys by miles. The, um, Oh, I forget the name of the memory. I played breath of the wild for so long, but the memory where Zelda yells at him, like you can see the visible confusion on his face. Like, yeah, he's like, I'm just doing my job. Like, what what do you want from me? He's like, it's, I don't even think it's like, I'm doing my job. It's like, what what else am I going to do? You know? Yeah. And when, when she stops and they're, when they're going to um, when she stops walking and talks about the sword on his back, he, he kind of looks her up and down when he's training in the rain. Like he kind of like it's there in Breath of the Wild. It's, it's not there. It's not here. The fucking the hug, the crying in oh the rain. Like, even Link's like God like this. Like we are like <laughs> nothing Link does touches that scene, even in the slightest. 
And it just, it just, uh, I just wish, I wish that wasn't the case. I do, but you know, that's just how it is. And, and I think that link is, you know, very much like a character that even though he's not, I'm not sure if he's meant to be relatable. I think he's meant to be like something that you can strive or that, that people could strive to be like, you know what I mean? Like, um, like he's, uh, this, um, this force of, of duty and diligence and like he can conquer any challenge that is put in front of him with, with just bottomless and infinite courage, you know? But I think what could have been really cool in this game is if they, Oh, you're back by the way, I think Uh, if they made him, if they broke down that wall just a little bit, and showed us the more relatable side of him just feeling that pain of loss and heartbreak. But what's done is done. And I I don't think that the story itself or the characterization takes away from the game necessarily. It's just a lot of what could have been. All right. So... Let's pick back up. Now that all of the, our uh, our little side tangent character rant is out of the way, let, let's 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 go back to let's, that was a conversation. I think we were both that was a conversation we were both really yeah. I think, so I think I think we had to get a, get all of our thoughts out. But now that that is done, we can return as Link approaches Hyrule Castle once again, not from the sky this time, but jumping into the depths below. <laughs> 